1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking
0: requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This
2: is the Great Song Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is time once again for something that we know you look forward to all season. As a matter of fact, we know you probably wish you could just skip all the rest of the episodes and get to the best of so you wouldn't have to put up with the rest of our stuff. But it is time once again for the best of episode. Rob here, Uh, JP is off somewhere, no doubt doing something fantastic. But I just wanted to say, hey, before we get started, say thank you for listening to the show. We think season three has been our best yet. We got no plans to stop. We've already started production on season four. And let me tell you... If, if the first few episodes are any indicator, it is going to be just all time legendary. But uh, let's get you right into this episode. We've got almost two hours of the best of season three in store for you today. Uh, we hope it makes you laugh really, really, really hard uh, and maybe uh, learn a thing or two in the process that uh, maybe you missed or forgot over the course of season three. So thanks again for listening. As always, keep in touch with us online. Hit us up at Twitter at Great Song Pod. Find us on Facebook at the group Great Songs and the Great People Who Love Them Greatly or just facebook.com slash groups slash great song pod. Um, and uh, keep the suggestions coming. We love to hear from you guys. Let us know what you think of the show, what you'd like to hear, and, uh, and just send us funny stuff. We love to, love to hear from you guys. Love to interact with you online. Thanks a bunch. As always, check out the archives at greatsongpodcast.com, and uh, we'll see you at season four. This song in particular really started as a reaction um, to the kind of feel-good songs on Whitney Houston's early records. Um, Quincy and Michael's label—they were kind of like feeling some competitive heat mm. from Whitney Houston. Oh wow! And um, and so they they really pushed to try and get a you know a really like feel-good, uh, inspirational you know kind of thing on this record um especially which was, since it's
0: called bad and it's right like, and um, the whole thing was like an edgy, image change yeah. for
2: him and whatever um but yeah it was like a big you know this was uh, michael came to be known a lot after this for his those kind of messages sure. you know what i'm saying heal the world and you know all that stuff earth song, earth song. And, oh, yeah, which i which, love Earth song. <laughs> gosh uh we do an episode of our own on earth song but um but this was kind of the, I guess not the beginning of that for him. He had done tender things before, but this was they wanted to give a message to the world from Michael Jackson, and so that ends up being um, "Man in the Mirror." Um, but it, but it sort of stemmed from pressure from them hearing from Whitney Houston's popularity. Isn't that funny? That's weird. You, always, you hear about, um, you hear about stuff with him and Prince, like that. They I would have were, never
0: thought they were in competition. That's just that when well, I think
2: and, of. And neither were neither would they would never have said they were in competition. And Michael named his son Prince. Like they obviously had great respect and love for each other. But like um, he was
0: going to sing a duet on Bad. Bad. Yeah. Bad
2: was supposed to be a duet with Prince. That was Michael's idea for it was that it was going to be a a, a duet. Uh, But Prince said no. Um, Because we're in competition. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. He was like, no, you this will this will be a hit without me. He you know, he said do it. Um I think he was scared. I'm just gonna say it. I think he was a little afraid he couldn't couldn't couldn't, couldn't do it. Couldn't but, keep up. Um no. Nah. I think Prince didn't necessarily just like to play well with others that you makes know, sense. in that way. I mean he was he was a generous performer in his own way, but I think he wanted the spotlight.
0: Yeah, it's his it's his moment.
2: The choir was done, right? Andre Crouch's choir. Um and um Andre Crouch is like Legend in gospel music. Oh, yeah.
0: Um and A tribute to God be the glory. Yeah. Like that.
2: Um and uh so Andre Crouch and members of his choir included members of like the royal family of gospel music, which yeah. would be the Winens family. <laughs> yeah. The the Winens family tree is full of, you know, legendary gospel names. Um and so they came in and at, at
0: Quincy's request, the whin-ins are the weigh-ins of,
2: uh, like, yes. uh,
0: of like gospel. Music. Yes.
2: That's hilariously accurate. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's too funny, dude. Um, so they came in and, and killed this, uh, you know, killed this choir part and they're done, right? They're getting in their cars. They're leaving. And Quincy and Andre Crouch are listening back to the track and it gets to the end. And uh, Andre Crouch goes, we should have had him do one more change at the end, and Quincy goes, "Crap, you're absolutely right. Get him back." And so they scramble, go get everybody back. They're leaving. This is before cell phones, you know what I'm saying? So like everybody's in their cars, like headed off the property. Have to leave them a and, voicemail on
0: their answering machine when they get exactly, home.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So they scramble, get everybody back to to record one word. <laughs> Change. That's awesome. And then Michael adds, make that change over the end. And you know, it just it just ties a bow on the whole That's thing. That's awesome. Gives some real uh, real atmosphere to the you know to the ending. That's a great really story.
1: Cool. Don't tell me it's not
2: Let's talk a little bit about Mutt Lang. Uh, you may know the name if you're if you're familiar with at all with music producers and writers, uh, especially in like rock and country, you may know the name Robert Mutt Lang. Um, Robert John, Mutt Lang, Robert John, quote unquote, Mutt Lang. Uh, that'd be awesome if it was actually Robert, quote unquote, John Mutt Mutt Lang. Lang. Yeah. Yeah. Like his real, real name is
0: Mutt, but we call him John.
2: He was just so ugly when he was born. You know, we just, (laughs) we just named him Mutt. Um, so uh, this is just a little bit, I, I was doing some research, but I got stuck on the first paragraph of his bio. Okay. Uh, and I did not get any further than this because of the rabbit hole. It took me down. Um, I'm going to start kind of the middle of the first, first paragraph of his bio. It says, um, okay, he's worked with a ton of artists, including ACDC, Britney Spears, Def Leppard, Foreigner, Michael Bolton, The Cars, Brian Adams, Huey Lewis, and The News, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, guy's done it all. Okay, worked with everybody. Uh, but what he's most famous for, probably, uh, or at least most the, gotten the most notoriety for, he also wrote and produced songs with his then-wife, Canadian singer Shania Twain. Her 1997 album, Come On Over, which he produced, is the, get this, I can't believe this is true, but if the internet is to be believed, which is the best-selling country music album of all time, the best-selling studio album by any female act, and the best-selling album of the 1990s, and the ninth best-selling album in the United States, period. Wow. Holy cow. Let me read that again. Shania Twain's (laughs) 1997 album, Come On Over, which was produced and co written by Mutt Lang, is the best selling country music of all time. Period. Garth, George Strait, Johnny Cash, Shania Twain, Doug Stone. (laughs) (laughs) The best selling studio album by any female act, Lady Gaga, Madonna, Beyonce, Whitney Houston. No, for real. It's uh, huge. The best selling album of the nineties, period. Never mind. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. period. <laughs> Duck Duck Stone, Stone. <laughs> And the, <laughs> and the ninth best selling of all time in the United that's States. That's amazing. That, friends, is Man, insane. I
0: feel like a I mean that's crazy.
2: So so on the way on the way up here to record, uh, I thought, okay. That deserves a listen. Sure. That information alone it. deserves at least a browse through this album. I was not a Shania Twain fan. So okay? if you call
0: Rob right now, from this moment is going to be his <laughs> ringback. Exactly, home.
2: yes. I think, um, what was the song? Was it from this moment? might have been the like theme of like my high school homecoming dance okay. or something, I think. Um, but okay, so here's what I noticed about this album. First, it's got some major hits. It was also... Here's here's what I'm here's what I'm discovering if you want to be an all-time legendary artist what you need are two consecutive huge albums okay one that is the album that blows you up mm-hmm. right and is the album that that um. um Put you puts you on the chart that puts you on exactly and that makes you a big artist and then the follow up has to blow it out of the water massive right and if it's actually good enough to sell some albums then you're a legend you go uh, bad thriller thriller bad exactly yes so, thriller, thriller bad, bad and you're done and you're set right you, anything anything I mean, you do we set the bar kind of high on that you're going to go but, but that's the concept yes,
0: <laughs> yeah if all you got to do <laughs> just make thriller and bad and you're set <laughs> that's right all you got
2: to do is make the number one or two selling album of all time and then follow and it then up, follow with, up with bad a top, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um <laughs> so, but here's okay, so she's got man, I feel like a woman um, she had come on over, which apparently was big, but I didn't know um and uh she had you're still the one uh that don't impress me much, okay, and so those are were all big songs for her, right? but here's what I really noticed about this album is the number of exclamation points in song titles, okay, <laughs> okay, there are let's see 16 tracks okay. on that album, and there are one two, three, four, five, six. Oh my goodness. Six exclamation
0: points. What would man? I feel like a woman. Man
2: exclamation point. I feel like a woman exclamation point. Uh,
0: That don't impress me much. Does that one have? Nope. Uh, If you want
2: to touch her, ask exclamation point. Um, Rock this country exclamation point. Whatever you do exclamation point. Don't exclamation point like and that's the other thing i noticed about it was that they like writing a lot of those man i feel like a woman whatever you do don't uh that kind of stuff like those counterpoint. yes exactly um anyway but that that album is the
0: top selling female album everything i do i do it for you not me
2: (laughs) (laughs) exactly yes everything i everything i don't do i don't not do it for you um is that right anyway So that's a little bit about Mutt Lang. I literally did not get past that to to learn more about him because I was so dumbfounded by that half paragraph. By any fact about Shania Twain. Yeah. That kind of took us down that. It just, it it did impress me much. It did. It really (laughs) did. Congrats to Mutt. Congrats to Shania. Enjoy your pile of money that you sleep on every night. Goodness gracious. Jeez Louise. Yeah, baby. Made them all come true. Made them all of them. All my dreams. Every dream. I dreamed a dream that <laughs> what is, I dreamed that love would never die. I dreamed that God would be forgiving and you made it all come true. So thanks for that, dear listener. Uh, Hall and Oates, written by Daryl Hall, John Oates and Sarah Allen fourth single from the 1980 album Voices. Uh, the single was actually released in May of 1981 and it peaked at number five on the Billboard Hot 100. If I had to guess, I would have told you this was a number one, but it wasn't. They have was uh, not. <clears throat> They have
0: several, and I'm going to quiz you on them here in a minute. Oh, but, I cheated and uh, I looked up. Really. Oh well. well. I was oh, going to well. ask you the same thing. Can you name the six? But,
2: <laughs> well, know. now I guess we know. Well, All right. we go. Okay, wait. You listening. You go. Ready? Name the six. Nope.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Good one. I didn't that, think you'd get uh, that man. one. That's the toughy. Yeah.
2: All right. Okay. Good job. Good job. Great job. John Oates had a good quote on this. He said, Daryl had this great piano groove that you hear when you hear the record. It's really the heart and soul of that record. It had this positive, upbeat type of feel to it. It was a very simple idea saying that you make my dreams come true. We were kind of laughing saying that this was too simple to be anything. When we wrote the words, we were really concentrating on writing some interesting uh, words because the course was so simple. It's just you, ooh, ooh, you make my dreams, you know, um, And so he said, we thought the verses needed to have some meat and potatoes to support the simplicity of that chorus. And I remember our manager at the time, when we played the song for him, he was making a joke about the words in the verses. He was like, you guys are trying to sound like poets. Uh, He was laughing at us because he didn't get it. After all these years, though, that's probably the song that gets the most play out of anything we've ever done. Um so sometimes it just clicks you know the the groove is good what was it never let the never let the lyric get, get in the in way of the, the groove, the groove yeah. right um in this case you end up with both you end up with a really solid lyric that you probably i bet most people the 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 vocal in the mix is a little bit buried in spots so you may
0: not even know the words you might just kind of mmm well, not yeah. snap bananas Exactly. Like, huh? the
2: the melody carries it <laughs> yeah. like the melody is so strong that you don't you don't even necessarily need the lyrics you don't even care what he wants i, I couldn't tell you what, <laughs> i couldn't have told you half of the lyrics before i sat down and read them in research and you know it's all about the the flame you know it's like yeah okay oh yeah you know all that stuff in there it's just good just so good let me see i found a clip of them playing uh you make my dreams let me see if it's the one i've
0: seen well they're excited sounds like church
2: boy his hair fast yeah okay so I gotta admit I've never watched them play
1: live
0: <laughs> I've seen them three times oh
2: man this this clip that we just played is from 1983 and they were really
0: feeling themselves. <laughs> Let me just tell I, you, they're still the same. They uh, really, oh, they're their favorite. Whenever they play, they are their favorite. <laughs> I've seen them, I've seen them as openers and as headliners, um and just them by themselves. Um And they are, no matter where they are on the bill, yeah. they're the best in the room. Oh. If you don't believe them, just ask them. Oh <laughs> man,
2: boy, Daryl Hall is in like head to toe leather. Punk rock haircut, like he's got like Billy Idol. If if Billy Idol had longer hair and more hairspray, uh like Billy Idol meets flock of seagulls, is how I would describe his hair there. And I'm telling you what, man, like you would have thought they were mega death. You know what I'm saying? Like the the way they, they were carrying
0: themselves. Oh
2: man. Wow. Uh, It's like, you know you're playing an electric piano, right? I know, right? This is is a Wurlitzer riff. It's
0: not a BC Rich. (laughs) Exactly.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's not pointy guitars Uh and, you know, whatever. Like, this is
0: bubblegum pop. I know, right? Wow. Okay. They're snapping. There's people
1: snapping. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Man, that really caught me off guard, dude. My other note on the actual album itself is that John Oates, he's the one with the dark hair and the mustache, he looks like if you've ever watched Mystery Science Theater 3000 or if you've ever seen the uh awful cult classic film Manos the Hands of Fate <laughs> yeah. uh, he looks like the guy that they call the master yeah. in Manos the Hands of Fate <laughs> like like on normal like in normal time he kind of looks like him but on the Voices album cover it, look it up yeah. he a really extremely looks like him like he should be wearing a long black thing with red hands uh while we're talking right. about mustaches,
0: do you uh, can you name some other really good mustaches in rock and roll?
2: Mustaches in rock and roll. Um, I can give you a couple.
0: Frank Zappa's got a pretty oh, well-renowned yeah, mustache. Absolutely. Uh, Lionel Richie had Lionel a good Ritchie, one. Lionel Richie, yeah, got, that's a good one. That's a yeah. good little molester mustache. He's got uh, a rock in there. <laughs> Skunk Baxter. Oh, yes. a good mustache. Legendary. I want to give my, well, I'll say my favorite um, while you're thinking. Go, uh, go uh, ahead. Edge has had his little mustache years. Okay. Uh, David yep. Crosby had a pretty good one. Yep. Uh, but my favorite uh, rock and roll mustache goes to uh, Derek Smalls. <laughs> From yes! that's my that's my rock and roll he message. does have an amazing handlebar yeah, yeah it's a, absolutely that's money on. right there so uh to keeping up with the with mr uh, with mr uh mr oats on his on his stash game yeah absolutely so. Uh, 92 pyrotechnic, technic accident, sec, right. second, and third degree burns. Yeah. So the thing that I think that makes him so metal is that he was back. If y'all haven't looked it up, look up him, you know, with his little pyrotechnic thing, you can see him catching on fire. Yeah. He, uh, 17 days later, he was back like, wow, doing stuff with him, man. Yeah. So it's pretty metal. Volk, that is at pretty metal. Take that Bono and your bike wreck.
2: Right. <laughs> but anyway, I want to talk about the video because <clears throat> the old man in the video is creepy as heck, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they could not have made a better choice for a creepy Sandman character, and he's just super old and wrinkly, and his got a, his face is contorted, and his body's all frail looking, and just and he's shirtless, which makes it worse. <laughs> just weird, or better, or better, yeah, better for their purposes. Uh, but the old man in the video is credited on IMDb and other places. Any any place that you see that I've seen, and I I, I looked into this for way too long. <laughs> On okay. the old man, yes, on the old man, because um, he's credited on IMDb and other places as being actor R. G. Armstrong Jr., uh, best known to me as the guy who played Prune Face in the Dick Tracy movie. Oh yeah, the Warren Beatty Dick Tracy movie. Yeah, man, okay. I love that movie. Okay, so the guy who played Prune Face is mm-hmm. R. G. Armstrong, um, and he now the character featuring Madonna in that yeah, that's movie. That's right. Yeah, featuring Madonna, Al, Al Pacino, James Caan. So good. And, like, there were tons of people. I in would watch that. Yeah, that's it's a good. So one. good. I, I love that. Anyway. Um, and
0: the kid, but, is the kid from Hook in that too? Is, yeah, the is it the same kid from Hook? I, so, I don't know. Not. Anyway, it's good. Yeah.
2: Um, but I learned a very important line from that kid actually. Uh, through the whole movie, he's going, "When do we eat?" And uh, <laughs> I, I blame him for my weight problem. Anyway. Um, but it, anyway, so he's credited as being R.J. Armstrong, but I'm telling you, it's not him. It's not. Oh. It's not him. I looked for literal hours. It's not him. You can't convince me that it's him. Because he never looked as old as that guy. Never. (laughs) Not even in the prune face makeup in Dick Tracy did he look as old as that guy. He was in Predator four years prior to this video coming out. Okay, Okay. Four years. He was in Predator. Go watch Predator and tell me that's the same guy from the Metallica video. No way. A prize to the listener who finds conclusive evidence of who the old man in the video actually is. I'm <laughs> a done prize digging. prize of unspeakable a value. prize of unspeakable value, I'll send it to you myself. I'm done digging. If that guy is R.G. Armstrong, then I'll become a flat-earth anti-vaxxer, whatever you want me to be. <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever, like, anti-establishment
0: thing you want me to become, I'll become He'll it. bring back Napster.
1: He's leaving. Leaving. On that midnight train to Georgia. Leaving. Seriously. Hey.
2: According to whose story you read, Gladys Knight was the first person to suggest to the head of Motown Records, uh, who was Barry Gordy, that he sign the Jackson 5. Oh, wow. Um, traditionally, that accolade has kind of been attributed to Diana Ross. Um, but that has been pretty well debunked as like kind of a publicity thing to get them some airplay. It was like Diana Ross's proteges, the Jackson Five. You know what I mean? So like they kind of she shined up. She had a up, bigger name. Yes, exactly. They they shined up the Jackson Five with her name, and that proximity got them some extra love from DJs. You know, people who gave them a chance who might not have beforehand because it's like you know because Diana Ross's proteges, the Jackson Five, is a lot sexier than here's five little kids singing a new song called ABC. Yeah. You
1: know, yeah. That's,
2: that's not super that's attractive. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but, uh, there's, there's a couple <laughs> of other people who, who lay claim to that. And, uh, I don't think Gladys Knight's out there making a big deal out of it, but, but a lot of what I read said that she was actually the first person to go. You should check out this group, the Jackson five.
1: Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. It's not warm when she's away Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And she's always gone too long anytime she goes away
2: Let's talk a little bit about covers and then we'll and then we'll wrap this thing up there's, there's one other that I I want to mention because we're never going to get to mention this song (laughs) ever. And it's, it's a, um, it's a partial cover. It was used as basically the introduction to the video, um, for candy rain by soul for real. Do you remember, do you remember this song? It is, I'm talking about a blip on, it is a, a blip on the timeline of nineties, you know, pop R and B history. Um, but This is one of those deals where, like, you ever hear an artist, we've all, I I feel like everybody's got an artist that they knew from the first time they heard them, they're going to be huge, right? Okay, you hear their first song, like, first time I ever heard Counting Crows, I went, that's going to change my life, Uh you know what I'm saying? And I was dead right, you know what I'm saying, to this day. Um... I had that same feeling about soul for real. And that would be, that would be the number four, by the way, that's soul for real. Um, and this song candy rain, I took, I took one listen to the song and one look at this kid. And I said the exact same thing the people that signed him did. I guarantee you, they said he's going to be the next Michael Jackson. I literally said that with my actual whole mouth. (laughs) I said to, to a person that is going to be the next Michael Jackson. Uh, and, but anyway, let me play a little bit of the actual song. The, The track starts out with their, covering Ain't No Sunshine at the very end of it. Um, and then I'll play you a little bit of the song so you can, maybe it'll jog your memory a little bit. I don't know. We'll see.
1: Sunshine when gone and to say no. Hang on. I'm going to start. Sunshine oh.
2: So we're in like the boys to men era here. You know what I'm saying? So they get into it, but then here comes the actual song. Hey... Do you remember this? I don't think so. Oh, man. Sorry. That's too bad. You're missing out, dude. So for real. Candy Rain. All my peeps out there. This is the kid, I thought. Next Michael.
1: I don't know why. He's sharp for like half
2: the song. I don't know why I thought he was going to be the next Michael Jackson. But <laughs> it's pre- pre-autotune day. It's pretty revealing. This song is number 264 on a chart that I've never heard of before. Okay. Uh, but I definitely want to know more about the Billboard all-time Hot 100 chart. Okay. Launched in 2018 to commemorate the 60th anniversary of the Billboard Hot 100, which is the standard for charts in the U.S. If you want a song, if you, if you want to uh, gauge the the hit you know, popularity of a song, you go to the billboard charts, right? That's sure. that's the standard. And the billboard hot 100 is the all encompassing. It's every genre, everything that's out goes into the billboard hot 100. Um, so, uh, so they launched this in 2018 to commemorate the 60th anniversary of the billboard hot 100. Uh, it's qualifications seem a bit nebulous, um, but it's labeled as quote, the 600 most massive smashes over the charts, six decades. Um, so apparently it's just the biggest songs of all time, according to billboard. Um, but I'm going to tell you, it's a bit startling. It's a bit startling because I don't understand it. Like how they rate it. Some, it feels like it's inconsistent to me. So wh- why don't I, am just going to do, this is going to be, we're, I'm going to start looking to this chart as we're, you know, we, we talk a lot about the rolling stone yeah we always top use 500 stone. and you know, whatever, but billboard is, is a, I mean that sh- that's reasonable. They're a powerhouse as mm-hmm. far as this is who you go to. But a hit, I'm going to hit you with the top 20, okay? okay? As quickly as I can. And this is all time. This is all time. Okay. From 60 years of the Billboard Top 100, these are the quote 600 most massive smashes over the charts six decades.
0: I wonder if that's based on playability
2: or uh, it's, anyway. It's, roll that's it. the only qualification given in in the chart article. Okay, so here's. 20 okay just outside by the way just outside the top 20 honorable mention uh goes to our season three episode two subject brian adams with parentheses everything i do (laughs) i do it for you okay that's number 21 then the top 20 continues with number 20 foolish games slash you were meant for me by jewel number 19 tonight's the night by rod stewart okay now we're talking
0: that's not even the best Rod Stewart song. Uh,
2: okay. You're okay. Gonna, there's some serious inconsistencies here. There are things that just don't make sense. I need some explanation. So if you work for Billboard and you're listening, please tweet at us and let us know what's going on. Uh, number 18, Endless Love, Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. Number 17, here's the first kind of real head shaker, Betty Davis Eyes by Kim Carnes. Like, great song. Number 17 all time time. on the billboard? I don't understand. Uh, Number 16, yeah, by Usher, featuring
0: Little John and Ludacris. Which fits in the same category as this tune. Sure.
2: Yeah, it's a good... This is a party starter. It's a party jam. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It'll get people on the floor immediately. Um Number 15, Unbreak My Heart by Tony Tony Braxton. Braxton. Okay. Number 14, We Belong Together by Mariah Carey, a song that I don't even know. I'm totally unfamiliar with it. I'll sing it for you. Apparently it was like 2005 comeback song for her and huge, but I just missed it altogether. Okay. Number 13, Closer by The
0: Chainsmokers. Really? It's awful new. I mean. To be all time. It's not even the best song out now. Yes. (laughs) So like, okay. Number
2: 12, Hey Jude. That makes sense to me. I get that. Okay, I'm with you there. Number 11, bigger than Hey Jude, all time on the Billboard, is You Light Up My Life by Debbie Boone. No. (laughs) Come on now. Uh, And then, okay, this is where it starts to get really weird. This is the top 10 we're getting into. The top 10 on this Billboard (laughs) all-time chart, number 10, Physical by Olivia (laughs) Newton-John. What are we doing here? What are we doing here, fam? I don't understand. Uh, number nine, "Shape of You" by Ed Sheeran, cool song. What's it doing on this list? Number eight. Oh my gosh! Number eight is the Macarena <laughs> by Los Del Rio, the Bayside Boys remix, the Macarena. Oh, my goodness. Let's go back for a second. Number 12 is Hey Jude. That's awesome. Number eight is the freaking (laughs) Macarena. Number seven is I Got a Feeling by the Black Eyed Peas. Number six is Party Rock Anthem. (laughs) I don't understand what's <laughs> happening here. Party Rock Anthem <laughs> by LMFAO is number six. Number four, her- Cupid Shuffle. <laughs> exactly. they just Number like the three, trip. The Train. <laughs> <laughs> two stops this time. Uh, so, like, okay, f- first of all, hold the phone on LMFAO for one okay. second because I didn't know this. Did you know that the two members of LMFAO named Red Foo and Sky Blue, those are their performance names, did you know that they are the son and grandson of Barry Gordy? No, like the Motown guy huh? Barry Gordy, they know. are his son and grandson. They're cousins. How about that? And they, yeah, or I'm sorry, no, unc- they are uncle, uncle. and nephew. Uh, okay. Yeah, and uh, and so one is Barry Gordy's son, and the other is Barry Gordy's grandson. So weird. Neo. Anyway, so here's the top five of the Billboard All Time Hot 100 list. Uh, How do I live by Leanne Rhymes? <laughs> number five. Number four, Uptown Funk by Mark Ronson <laughs> and Bruno Mars. Number three, of course. Mac the Knife by Bobby Darin. What? Ba- dun- dun- yeah. dun- okay. Number 2. <laughs> this one hurts. I'm not going to lie. Number 2. Smooth by Santana, Santana. <laughs> featuring Rob Thomas. Number 2. And number 1, you want to
0: just take a stab? It could be anything. It could be, I don't know, Celine Dion. It's uh, it's a, it's as good a guess as any. Wait, it, it's got to be Dancy. Uh It is Dancy. Jump actually. around, House of
2: Pain. <laughs> nope. Older. Think older okay. Dancy? I'm going to go, I'll give it to yeah. you. You'll never yeah. you'll never guess it, but it is Dancy. It's The Twist by Chubby, Chubby Checker, Checker. the Alrighty. number one Billboard Hot 100 song oh somehow of all time by no metric that I can understand.
0: They're like, we need a dance song with movement. It's either the YMCA or The Twist. We'll yeah. just pick The Twist.
2: Exactly. So, goodness gracious. Come on, baby. Let's do The Twist. So anyway, I'm, I've i got to know more about this list because I it feels like it should be used in our context, but I'm, I I... If you can make sense of that list, like if you're a code breaker out there, <laughs> yeah. if
0: you you know if you can read the Matrix, this is for the computer nerds that listen to us. Please figure out how they put this together. Seriously, awesome.
2: if you can make sense of that top twenty and, and extrapolate the merits of those songs and how they <laughs> fit together, please let us know at Great Song Pot on Twitter at Worship Nerd at pennytrader Ten or on our Facebook group
0: Great Songs and the great people who love them <laughs> greatly. Um, on synth. Um, and co producer on this, uh, Walter Baby Love I might okay. be botching the last name, but it's A A. Seems likely that you're the last name. for those of y'all that are writing down as we're talking. That didn't help me at all. Not a bit. Did the synthesizer work? Produced probably the worst song ever, written, My Heart Will Go On, by Celine Dion. (laughs) Um, Also stuff with Richard Marks, Kenny Loggins, Destiny's Child, Ricky Martin, and Leona Lewis. So I was like, oh yeah, Leona Lewis, isn't she that girl that does... I love you always forever. And I'm no. like, no, that's Mm-mm. Donna Lewis. Yeah.
2: So I'm I like, love that song. What, what do you, I like that song too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I that's what too. I was going it's, so,
0: it's adorable. It's a good little I'm so glad you like that song. Yeah. yeah it makes me, me feel happy. Me too. You've <laughs> got the most unbelievable. Blue eyes Nailed it.
1: I've ever seen It's we just
0: did. so her
2: voice is kind of tiny. Oh, and it's cute. so good. She sounds like she's she sounds like like cute Asian things. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just cute, like, she, she sounds like a cute ceramic Asian <laughs> animal. <laughs>
1: Waving at you.
0: Yeah, that's, that's funny. <laughs> that's amazing. Donna Lewis, we love you.
1: Still that time rock and roll. That kind of music just soothes the soul.
2: Uh, The lead guitar player on this was not a Muscle Shoals rhythm section player. It was Forrest McDonald, a young man just passing through who happened to stop in the studio that day. Um, David Hood tells the story. He says he happened to come in the parking lot in his mother and daddy's car with them, and Jimmy was out on the back porch Uh, he says, I believe his first name was Howie, but he probably goes by another name. But anyway, he came into the parking lot one afternoon and Jimmy Johnson guitarist was out on the back porch and he says, well, I'm a guitar player and I'm wanting to learn how to play on recording sessions. And I think I'm good. Um, Jimmy says, well, you got your guitar with you. He says, Yeah. Jimmy says, "Well, come on in. They put him on the track. His mother and daddy never even got out of the car." Oh my goodness. They sat in the car in the parking lot with the AC running, and they put him on the track playing guitar, and it's on the record, it stayed on there. It was a good enough part that they kept it on there. Holy cow, it's a great story. Right? So, I'm like, "This is amazing. I got to find this out. This was from a, you know, one website, so I had to I try to verify it cuz I was like, "That can't be true." That's got that's, you know what I'm saying? That's too fantastic to be actually true. Uh, so going, going down, I found Forrest McDonald's website. He's still out there playing. He's, I would say based on his website and, and, you know, just the kind of the looks of his current career, he's flying very much under the radar. Okay. Uh, I'll say that, but as he tells it, uh, he was visiting his father in Alabama and suggested they drive to Muscle Shoals to see what's going on. Uh, so they made their way to the studio. He said, when I walked in and met Jimmy Johnson, he asked me if I had my guitar with me. So I put on the headphones, plugged in my guitar, and gave him a solo. McDonald must have impressed the crew at Muscle Shoals. Two months later, the studio called to tell him that Bob Seger purchased the track for his Stranger in Town album. That's amazing. Literally, the dude's on vacation, drives up to a studio, and ends up Playing on what was at the time just a demo, uh-huh. right? So there's no, there, there's nothing on the line here for the muscle shoals. No, oh, it's a demo. It's They're a- just letting this kid come in and play on this demo. You know what I mean? Okay, fine. Play us a guitar solo. Let's see what you got. And that ends up being the guitar solo on one of the most well-known rock That's songs amazing. of all time. And
0: nobody knows who you are. Which is a lesson. If you're on vacation, take your guitar with you. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, because <laughs> if not, you're gonna have to borrow somebody whose actions weird, and yeah. you're like, oh, this just doesn't feel like me. Won't feel like home. So no. if you ever go anywhere, just bring your guitar. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's awesome. Forrest
2: Howie McDonald.
0: You job Howie. How about that?
2: Risky Business, I've never seen the movie, but it's, but it's a great reminder that Tom Cruise used to have jacked up teeth. You know what I'm saying? Go back and watch Risky Business, watch Days of Thunder. Tom Cruise has some whack teeth. So uh, if there's anybody on this planet that I think whose career has been helped by veneers, it's probably Tom Cruise. Ben Affleck, Tom Cruise... They're, they're rocking him pretty good. Cause he had the one, like he, I mean, I don't mean to be nitpicky. I got my own issues, but he had the one. But he's Tom Cruise. He can take his, a shot. Exactly. One of his, one of his front two teeth was like 45 degrees or more turned <laughs> to the side. And I'm like, all right, cool, man. I mean, like he became a sex icon before he got his teeth fixed. So good for him. But, um, anyway. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna attribute his career to this song. How about that? There we go. How about the the impact of Tom (laughs) Cruise? Started Tom Cruise. The impact on Tom Cruise by by this song. Thanks, Bob Seger. Detroit.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, on backing vocals, Shaka Khan. Heck yeah. Yvette Mary Stevens. Heck, Shaka, yeah. Queen of Funk. Shaka Boom. Uh, there we go. First to have ever a crossover hit in 84 with I Feel For You with rapper Mel Mel of Grandmaster Flash and the Furious How about Five. That? First one ever. Yeah. She did the original I'm Every Woman that y'all would know from yeah. the Bodyguard soundtrack Yeah, Whitney Houston did. Absolutely. Um, Tell Me Something Good. Yep. That's her, her, her hit. F- but for me,
2: The Shaka Khan highlight is in this song. Okay. The Shaka Khan highlight for me personally, I realize this is this is picking out a tiny, tiny sample of an illustrious career. She's won ten Grammy awards. Like she's a legend. She's Shaka Khan. But my favorite Shaka Khan moment is actually in this song. Well, let's hear what you're talking about.
0: Right here. It's nasty. It's the brain.
1: Bring me
2: love. Oh, bring me it's that brang me, <laughs> that second one, man. That's my favorite. Like, she really brang it. You know what I'm saying?
1: Like, brang
2: me. High, come on. I that's will. Uh, if you say it like that, I'll bring it to you. Thank it doesn't you. really matter what comes after that. If you say brang me, whatever <laughs> it follows, I will bring it to you. No matter what it is. And then Steve the,
0: gave it his best with
2: Bop Yep. <laughs> 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 this is uh this is young and I do mean young Nick Jonas on his album Nicholas Jonas
1: <laughs> Think about it he must
0: be higher love Sounds like hands down in the for yeah, well,
1: stars above That's of that
0: Okay. Good. I'm I'm
2: yeah. oh, that that's like, seriously, he's got to be eight. Is he the
0: Jonas that married the girl from Quantico?
2: I have no idea. Nah, I don't know. I can't, I don't know who the Jonases are. I can't tell them apart. I, either. I think there's maybe a William. I don't know. A there's Patrick. a Joe, because I think that's a terrible name. Joe Jonas. Joe Jonas. My name is Joe Jonas. The, 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 this is, this is old enough where he's like eight. He's like just kind of chilling up against a thing like leaning up against a thing with some cool kicks on. And the, the font is, um, it's before they tried to do cool fonts. You know what I mean? Like your first album always has bad font. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's got the font from like the, uh, life is good t-shirts. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It it just says Nicholas Jonas in the little font. So yeah, it's like embryonic
0: Nick Jonas. Uh, then Steve Winwood went back and did one more album with traffic. Then his solo career kicked in uh, in eighty two is actually when he get kicked with uh, okay. with uh, Valerie that was his first big hit which I we and Rob were talking about it before um, we really we really like it so yeah um,
2: absolutely you were telling me you were telling me a great story about your about the. Uh, about the left turn you took in your house while you were listening to Valerie. You want to tell that Yeah, sure. It's a, just a so, funny
0: story. So my wife is um, – she's very eclectic when it comes to music. So I'm a huge Dream Theater fan. Yeah. So – and confession, she's actually listened to the new album More Than Me. And she works out to it, and she's rocking out with Dream, Theater's Dream like Theater. Theater like heavy, progressive – you know what I mean? Play like, a sampling of Dream Theater. Sure. Just pick something. I don't something. think we've ever had an opportunity to actually play We're going to do a Dream Theater. Theater episode. So this is our –
2: So that's that's what's going on, right? This song is amazing. It's got all these cool the guitar changes. riff keeps going, and the time signature changes around this guitar riff, which doesn't change. It's so cool. Anyway, it deserves its own moment. But so that's what's happening so we're in your house. So rocking out
0: in our house, and then we have one of those Hey Google's, or I think they're called iHomes or whatnot. So I'm like, hey. you
2: don't even know. You're so untal. Uh, yeah, I'm so.
0: Uh, on my you think it's phone. called a Hey Google? Like, <laughs> Hey, granddad! (laughs) Hey, Google, play "Valerie" by Steve Winwood, and this happens. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you know we got our. I feel like I got my sweatbands on. Yeah. Oh yeah. And she is like, "What in the world did you just do?" So anyway, talking about yeah. harsh and a buzz. It, like if,
2: if you're on, if you're on a dream theater kick and then yeah. you go there, it, like it's fine on its own if, you,
0: if, if it has its own moment. But if you're headed, you got to transition into that. Yeah. That's like quitting smoking cold turkey, right there. Exactly. It's like, like, you're not going to be able to smoke, so here's a pixie stick. Let's yeah, exactly. chew on this. <laughs> <laughs> Full disclosure, you can say now, Rob, if you want. Okay, so Rob, here's what Rob happened. Rob prepped the different song.
2: We're literally about to hit record,
0: and and I'm like, all right, I'm
2: just testing the song to play it. And I start playing Name by the Goo Goo Dolls. And JP goes, aren't we doing Iris? And I go, I crap, I don't know. I thought, uh, I mean, he's
0: like, so, they all suck to me. <laughs> yeah, I was
2: like, I, that's fine with me. I can, we can do any Goo Goo Dolls song you want to name. I'll do it. I'll, I can't stand them. But, um, so I had done my prep work on on name, in which I discovered that Johnny Resnick often does these. We'll call them unique. You could call them creative if you want. Tunings? Come on, man. Tunings. Uh, I call them—they're so weird. They just sound like things you would do if you don't know how to play the guitar, <laughs> and you're, like, trying to impress a girl in eighth grade. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you just tune it to something that you can— that you, you can, can strum and not have to do anything by playing chords. I, I can what? I can move one finger around and make it sound like I'm doing yeah, something. That. That's what these tunings are. I want you to say out loud one more time. I'm going to ask you string by string <laughs> okay. the tuning to this song. Okay. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Wait. 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 Let's start with name because it's a little weird. It's it's more different and it's not quite as yeah <laughs> as embarrassing. Yeah. So name has it. Do you have it? I got it. Okay. 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 That's pretty bad. Here we go. It is bad. Yeah. Uh, D A E A, E, E.
2: Yeah. Okay. It's got three, three, Three two, two, and E. And then, so it's, so it's basically kind of makes a chord. It's in the key of A. This is name, by the way, this is bonus material. But the thing that I hate the most about that song is that those E's ring out through every, the whole thing. Yeah. Every single thing. There's not a point. There's no point in time at which those E's are not ringing. And it just drives me insane. I can't even listen to, I can't even analyze (laughs) that song because of
0: the tuning of the guitar. It drives me insane. If you don't like the E note, then you'll hate the D note oh, in Iris. my! Because word. as we mentioned, it goes B D. Hold on! No, no, D- no, no, no,
2: no! I, I really want, <laughs> I really want the listeners to take this in. Okay. All right. So the sixth string, the low string, is tuned to what? B. Okay. The fifth string is tuned to what? D. Fourth string? D. Third string? <laughs> D. Second string?
0: D. First string? D. Wow. <laughs> So, what you're telling so me this is this song is in the key of D. But those of that <laughs> haven't been able to keep up with us so five far. Five sixths
2: of the instrument.
0: I call it creativity. How many of you guys out there play guitar? Raise your hand. All right, look around at your friends because I know y'all all listen to these in groups. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. How many of you guys have ever changed to something like this? God, that is creativity. I, and made a hit out of it. Now well listen. done, John Resnick. Point, JP. Yes. If, <laughs> if the end justifies
2: the means, right. Then point given and credit awarded. But like, I mean, I can get with Drop D. Uh-huh. I can get with you know dad-gad. Open G. Dad Gad. Give me you know give me alternate tunings. I cannot. I don't go know with what to
0: call this. Make sure you tune this to Here's
2: here's my I think a fundamental problem with the Google dolls writing for me is it sad. It just bums me out, it's man. It's depressing. It's down to music. I think part of it is his lyrics. Part of it is his delivery.
0: His vocal tone. There's I just a that.
2: general, you know, some people just sort of have a general aura of sadness. Uh-huh. I just get that from Johnny Rezesnik, and it <laughs> makes me sazad. You know what I'm saying? Like, it makes me want to sazlit my resists. <laughs> uh, like,
1: <laughs> I don't awesome.
2: know. It's just, I'm just like, man, be happy for a second, you know? So that's the band uh, of the Goo Goo Dolls. Man, you forgot the part of uh, Johnny Resnick's biography where he got abducted by an alien. <laughs> and it's a true story. And uh, abducted <laughs> by an alien. And, and it, you know how an E.T., when he's like, he reaches out the glowing finger, finger and he says, yeah. ouch, that happened to him, uh, but he just touched him on the chin. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it left a cavernous divot, Oh,
0: oh my uh,
2: which remains to this day, <laughs> which you can actually hear in his vocals. You can you can hear his chin divot in the <laughs> vocals.
0: I always wanted uh, this is going to sound stupid, but I wanted the Goo Goo Dolls and Lady Gaga to go on tour and call it the <laughs> goo, goo Goo Gaga Tour. Brilliant! <laughs> Bring goo, it on, Goo Goo Gaga. Ga.
2: I am not, by any stretch of the imagination, a Taylor Swift fan. I don't own any of her music. Um, I I don't like any of her other songs that I can think of. Okay, uh, m- Most of them, most of the time when I hear ta- ta- Taylor Swift, I-, I turn it off immediately. Um, but this song, I, it just stuck with me. I love it. Uh, it's so cute. Here's the difference between this week and last week. Okay. Last week we did Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls, which was a song about being with someone and longing for them. And it was freaking sad and depressing. Mm. This is a song about being apart from someone and being being super
0: happy. (laughs) Um, And it just makes me feel so much better. I have to catch myself because Rob is such a good seller and storyteller. I'm smiling, and I'm like, stop smiling. I even head-bobbed one time with something that he said, and I don't even know if I agreed with it. He just says it so passionately, it makes me get behind it. I'm like, man, you know, and I'm like, wait, stop. We're talking about Taylor Swift, so I had to take a step back. Okay. That's right. See, okay. I'm, I'm just going to say something. Her okay. stupid face. There you go. Okay, now I'm back at her wow. stupid face. That helped me. Okay, good. Okay, that's good. She's also, she drinks Perrier, which is the worst drink ever. Okay, good. Now I'm back on track. I just have to throw these things You're in to remind there yourself. to keep me on track. Her
1: stupid face. Okay, good job. Here's, here's what I would keep like going. to know at
2: this point, because I feel like I feel like this song did not get a fair shake from you. I I feel like I wonder if I had brought you Let's say um uh who else who else could have done this song? If I'd if I had said, check out this Sarah Borella song. Oh yeah. Then you know I, I mean? would
0: have probably then that I would have given it a listen. Yeah. And that that's fair. I probably didn't give it its due justice. Confession we were talking before. I've not even heard this song all the way through. <laughs> so Rob's like, What? You didn't even listen to it? I was like, No, just play a little bit of it so I know what song we're talking about. <laughs> so I, if you'd have said this is a bad confession, if you'd have played the verse and say If you'd played the verse two months ago and said, I'm wanting to do this song. Do you know what it is? I would have said, no. Right. I don't know that song. If it had had somebody else's voice on it. Yeah. And you'd have played the verse and you'd have been like, do you know what song this is? Or how do you feel about covering this? I'd be like, I don't really think I know that song. Yeah. That's how that conversation would have gone down. Yeah.
2: Okay. Max Martin, this is serious. He has 22 Billboard number one songs to his credit. Oh, wow. He is behind only Paul McCartney and John Lennon. Oh
0: my god. For most that's, ever okay, that's a number one Rob. songs. That's really good. Uh and he has wow. the as a uh
2: as a producer, he has the second most number one singles Quincy of Jones? all time, only behind George Martin. Oh wow. Of the Beatles.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, okay. Um, all right,
2: good job. Side note on Baby One More Time, by the way, that I found out in research, Baby One More Time was originally pitched to the Backstreet Boys and they turned it down. And then it was pitched to TLC. What? Can you imagine
0: waterfalls? And then that? And yeah,
2: TLC doing "Baby One More Time."
0: No,
2: I mean it could have been. I, I could have liked it. I feel like if TLC did it, I could have liked it. Uh, also, Shellback uh, co-wrote "Pink's So What," uh, as well as some of those other songs. So that's cool. Pink is cool. I do I'm, like Pink. I'm down with Pink. I you Pink. Okay, I mess with Pink. Um, and his production credits, uh, aside from songwriting, production includes. Brittany, Pink, Kesha, Usher, Maroon Five, tons of others, and of course Taylor Swift. So those guys have some cred, right? They're uh are they Swedish? Is that right? Am I am I I, I think I, don't I don't believe know. they are Swedish. I hope I'm saying that right. Um I mean I know I'm saying Swedish <laughs> Swedish. <correctly>.
0: Swedish. <laughs> I think they're Swardish. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a silent Q in there. Yeah, sure.
2: All right, let's dig into. Here we it. Here we go. Here's we the pack. Just, we each just opened a pack of 1989 Topps Major League Baseball cards. Uh, it's Topps your preferred brand. If I you think, had to just, I think they're the most common. They're obviously, the most, they're so kind of it, the only one that survived. Like there was this sure. big bubble that burst in the 90s of cards, comics, everything, mm-hmm. and Topps is the only Topps one that's still kind room. of like.
0: If I go, I, I prefer the older. Top of card like I like Donruss I like uh-huh. Tops I don't like the really flashy hologram yeah, yeah yeah just give me that so I'll, your pack is definitely going to dominate mine because I just opened the worst pack of baseball cards <laughs> in history um, the best player in my pack is Mitch Williams oh, Wild okay. Thing yeah so that's that's about as good as I've got and then I guess closely following behind him would be I mean nobody <laughs> BJ Surhoff, <Okay, laughs> Dan Pasqua Yeah. Yes. so pass on that okay
2: alright Rob do the unveiling I got uh, first of all I got an Indians number one draft pick named Mark Lewis. Okay. I don't think he ever did anything, but I think he might be the guy that builds guitars uh, called Warrior Guitars. I think he oh, might yeah. be that same Mark same, Lewis, same guy. He like quit baseball and started building guitars. There's the way we tie it back into music. Yeah, absolutely. Uh okay, I got Wally Joyner, which I think probably already beats. I don't know if Wally Joyner beats uh beats Mitch Williams or not. Maybe not. He, Wally Joyner, I don't know. He's kind of an all-around, you know, whatever. He's that kind of a B-level player, but so was Mitch Williams. Okay. Williams had his spots though. I thought I was really excited for a second because I thought I had a Tony Quinn because oh, I, yeah. I I saw the 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 YN and the Padres logo okay. and then I revealed the whole is it card. Mar-Vell it's Marvel Win. Well, how about yeah. the
0: fact that I knew that was Marvel Win on the picture? Insane. That's a baseball but card then, nerd there for you. Followed up by a couple of Hall of Famers, though. I got
2: Craig Biggio. Okay, yeah. And Dave Cohn. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah, I'd say bad. Rob Rob won the pack. I got I, And I, I got Ron Darling, Brett Saberhagen, Tony Fernandez. Oh, yeah. I did okay. Yeah, Rob had like, a good pack. Rob did, okay. did good. Rob wins. But now the real important question is how does the gum from 1989
0: Here we go. Are Taste. we both going to sample it? This is, we this should is,
2: try it at different times. Wow. It this, just broke. This is 30-year-old 30, 30 gum. 30-year-old gum. Is, all right, happy all right. anniversary. Here we go. We're going to try this junk <laughs> oh, God. This is. Oh, God. Mmm. It tastes like glass. <laughs> this is disgusting. <laughs> Wait, this is time for. This is ASMR for some people, though. Huh? Mm, we How just lost s- so many listeners.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just spit mine out so yeah. I can focus.
2: Okay, so what happens to gum after 30 years is that
0: <laughs> it turns to concrete.
2: You literally can't chew it. There is no. Uh, there's no elasticity to it at all. Man, it just it's like becomes, it, yeah, it becomes like Pez. Like it's almost
0: like a, it's almost like, pe- yeah, Pez, like or, Pez or
2: sweet tarts or
0: something like that, isn't it? That's our next prize of unspeakable value. We're gonna <laughs> so, mail you some gum so from this 1989 <laughs> pack. So stand by <laughs> for your prize of unspeakable value.
2: Here, here's the revelation. We're gonna play it again. Okay, I'm gonna play that that
0: much again. And here's what we discovered, thanks to some of JP's friends. Yeah, we were talking, and me and Rob were just talking like a few minutes before we started. I yeah. was like, "What do you think about the uh, cold, uh, cold versus coach?" And he's like, yeah. "What? What are you talking what about? What are you talking?" And I was like, "It's put. You just listen. He's, think yeah. of the word cold. Think yes. Versus coach here. Those yep. of you put me in cold. See. Take a listen." So those of y'all that aren't baseball fans or even some of you that maybe are be like, cold, what does that mean? Well, when you don't warm up um, and you're thrown into the game, they call it putting you in cold. Um, It's an expression like you're thrown into the, you know, you're thrown into it where you haven't had a chance to warm up. And it's like, give me the nod, coach or manager. Just put me in cold. I'm ready to play. You can throw me in whenever. And those of y'all like myself that have sung this song for years (sighs) at the top of your lungs, put me in coach. I literally, I'm confused. I literally said, I, "I said,
2: JP, your friends are idiots." He's like, "No, you have the stupidest friends." No, and then I said, "What are their names?" And he <laughs> gave me their names, and I named them by name, and I said, "He's an idiot, she's an idiot," and then I said, "Write them down." And I <laughs> tore the piece of paper in half, threw it on the ground, lit it on fire, and stomped it out right. as I screamed, "Idiots, one and all!" And then you we know listened what? With an open mind, they're right. Yeah, it's put me in cold. I can't believe it. I had to watch him sing it, Mm -hmm. okay? If you go and watch him sing it in a live performance, it's put me in cold. I cannot. I'm so shook over this. And this happened. This disrupted my whole life right before we started recording. seven minutes
0: before we started. It's put me in cold. I'm ready to play. I, I purposely didn't look up, like, I don't want to, but Rob researched it more it's, than I did. I yeah, just threw it I, out. I was like, nah, they're wrong. I found an article right.
2: online making the argument that lyrically and thematically it makes makes more sense, which is true. Yeah. It does. Uh, I mean, put me in coach would have been fine. Sure. It, but, but it makes, it, in other words, it didn't not make sense before, but it makes even more sense for it to be put me in cold. I'm riding
0: the bench. Especially about a baseball. I, I'm ready right? to go in. Yeah, yeah. I love the connection <clears throat> that you made about manager versus coach. That's yeah. great. Um, and. And so you listen to it and you be the judge,
2: but I am convinced that this song I've known my whole life, I've been singing the hook wrong. It's put me in cold. I'm ready to play. Listen, I don't know. I don't really know what to do with that information. Uh, so I guess we just got to move on. And if if you listen and you still hear Coach, I want to know, okay? Find us on Twitter at Great Song Pod. Get in the Facebook group and let us know. But I think... This could be the great Garth debate of season 3 of whatever even. but I think it's empirical. I think you can hear that it is actually not coach and you can see him sing it. Like this is something you can scientifically go it's cold. It's not coach.
0: But then again, you know, even the way he says, tell me, Cobb, maybe he just mumbles Delica. as a swamp rocker. Maybe yeah. he just doesn't enunciate That's well. That's right. And so I, I'm going to do some research now that we've discussed it online maybe and come up with my own and form my own opinion. Yeah. Um, whereas I was dead set coach the whole way. Yeah. Um, I will do – I will give it the song. It's due justice. I've been and- converted. Uh, uh, there we go
2: unless he's talking like the assistant the the louisiana assistant coach from uh uh the water boy okay you know what i mean so man that's crazy that like shook my whole world on this song right before we recorded
0: i don't even know what to do about it <laughs> Let's go. Best center fielders of all time. This one I don't okay. know if we'll be similar on. We had some differences on that one more than yeah. I thought.
2: Okay. All right. Top top five of all time. You go first. Ken Griffey Jr. Okay. He is not on yes, he is. He's on my list. Okay. Yes. Griffey Jr. Okay. Uh
0: Willie Mays. Willie Mays. He was like my number one. Inarguable. Yeah, like okay.
2: he's probably the greatest center yeah, fielder absolutely. of all time.
0: He's even in this wonderful song.
2: Yeah. Um, and another one from this song, Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio's on my list. Thirteen seasons. Dude. Listen to it. Thirteen seasons. Three MVPs. Nine World Series rings. Average thirty-four home runs per season before that was a thing. Sure. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, he struck out a total of 369 times in his career that's amazing for reference Giancarlo Stanton struck out 211 times last season <laughs> and that's not even the record yeah Chris Davis from Baltimore holds three of the top 15 seasons with the most strikeouts <laughs> and those two total 408 oh my so like he's had two seasons in which combined he struck Just out more, more than DiMaggio, DiMaggio in his entire career. career that's yeah. awesome uh Ty Cobb Ty Cobb also mentioned in the song in a way that is a little hard to understand we He's talked about in, yeah, the, in, the, in the middle of the second verse he says say hey, hey Willie, Willie.
1: Tell, tell the cab
2: and then Joe DiMaggio may, maybe uh, play I can play that for a second a and sampling. yeah you can tell if you can decipher this lyric uh, let us know what it is We, I think it's well we'll let you hear it and then, and then yeah you decide
1: so say
2: So uh, he's. I I think it's tell the Cobb, which is kind of weird. (laughs) Why would you refer to somebody Uh, the Cobb? The (laughs) Cobb. I used to think it was tell me Cobb, like, but it was. But I think it's tell the Cobb and Joe DiMaggio because it says and Joe DiMaggio. It's in in a sentence. So So when I was a kid, I just thought he was naming off players. Say, hey, Willie, tell me Cobb. I thought maybe that was like a a thing for Cobb, like you know. you know, like Jolton Joe DiMaggio it was like, ah, tell me Cobb, that was his like nickname or something. Okay. But I guess that's not true. I don't know. Um Anyway, okay. Who'd I got one more. You got yeah, one more. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. gonna be the same one, right? I, go for it, Mickey Mantle. No.
1: Oh no,
2: Mantle didn't make my list. Okay, I took him off, and I probably whatever. But I went Andrew Jones.
1: Okay, Andrew there you Jones,
2: go. Atlanta Bravo. Braves. And here's my argument. Okay.
0: Yes, please. Beginning,
2: Ar- and some people will tell you some people argue that Mantle was better than Mays so there's I, mm-hmm. people would say I mean you could say I'm crazy right this is one of those great debates to leave Mantle out of the top five yeah um, but here's beginning his sophomore season which was 1998 Andrew Jones went on an extraordinary run of 10 straight gold gloves playing center field for Atlanta during that span he showcased extraordinary power at the plate peaking with 51 home runs and 128 RBIs in 2005 he ended his 17 year career with 434 home runs fourth among all center fielders Okay. His defensive rating is by far the highest of any player to ever play the position. Good job. He's got Hall of Fame. Give it some defense, all, all, yeah. Like Hall of Fame offensive stats. And defense. And b- the, the best, best defensive, defensive center fielder okay. ever. That's
0: awesome. And I have an Andrew Jones story. Oh, do tell. So I was in center f- Jacob Cagle, you can verify this. You know, he's sitting in center field behind Jones the whole game. Eighth inning, I finally get him to toss me a ball. Nice. So he looks at me, points, and tosses, and I reach out as far as as I can, oh, no. off the fingertips. Oh, no. Bobbled it. Jones would not have dropped it. <laughs> no. Mosier did. Oh, and man. this little kid runs under and grabs it. Well, I know that ball's intended for me. Yeah? What do you do there? Did you try to no, get it from the I kid? I let the kid have oh, the ball. Oh, man. <laughs> this kid thought it was the greatest moment of his life, yeah. and I felt like a failure. He's like, this old idiot dropped oh, no, it. I know, his old butterfinger's <laughs> out there. It's a good thing his arms weren't a little bit longer. But, yeah, off the fingertips. Oh, that's heartbreaking. So. Which, looking back, maybe Jones threw it a little short. Maybe. Maybe that golden glove it's You gotta true. give some credit to the arm it's true. I didn't see any stats about his arm, about his arm. You just left just a little glove. short there Jonesy If you
1: you can look And you will find me Time after time If you fall I will catch you I'll be waiting Time after time If you're lost you can look And you will find me Time after time
0: the best thing she's ever done in my book is the Pee Wee Herman theme song, <laughs> credited to Ellen Shaw. Actually, but that is her. Um, Cindy Lauper, really? If you it's look at credited, up the credited uh, to someone by the name of Ellen Shaw. She used a, I guess, a pseudonym. A pseudonym, yeah, is that right? Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, those of y'all that don't know the Pee Wee Herman theme song. You're wrong. Because (laughs) here it comes. Listen to it. Yeah. No, we could listen to that
2: whole thing. We were just sitting here jamming. Oh
0: like, man, we were rocking out, bouncing around
2: Pee Wee's Playhouse, just talking about Cowboy about Curtis. Listen, how, I, yeah, how about you, Cowboy Curtis? Uh, pre Matrix, Lawrence, right. Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence uh, I, I got to. I have to. We probably shouldn't do this. I probably shouldn't give credence to whatever this is. <laughs> but my, the first place that I looked for it was on Apple Music. Uh, we found. We ended up finding the, the theme song on YouTube. But if you search, if you search Pee Wee's Playhouse on Apple Music. It comes up something by an artist named Hot Dad. Hot Dad, and it's a guy, I think he's got, like, taking a cowboy hat off is what his artist profile picture looks like. I do not recommend, I cannot I cannot uh, sanction Hot Dad at all, but here's a little bit of, just for kicks, this has nothing to do with this song, this is a little bit of Pee Wee's Playhouse by Hot Dad. <laughs> Get a load of this. oh.
1: The chair's alive. <laughs> the window's alive. Oh. And the clock's alive.
0: <laughs> <And> the <chairs laughs> alive. Oh, man. We want to say uh, that we uh, appreciate what you're doing, but no, hot dad. Just, you know
2: what? Don't go anywhere near hot dad. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Just do not. Stay away.
1: We got some refrigerators.
0: This is my favorite Mark Knopfler story. You know, I'm a Knopfler Schnip story. <laughs> this is my favorite story of this guy. Um, charity event in 2007. Did you hear about it? No. Okay, they had this idea to auction off a guitar signed by him. Mm-hmm. Eric Clapton, Brian May, and Jimmy Page. Wow. It's the only one in existence that they've ever signed the same guitar together. Okay. And it went missing. (gasps) Nobody knows where it's at. Oh, no. Like to this day? To this day. I mean, how do you claim, oh, I have that guitar? Right. That means you either stole it or got it by some means. So somewhere out there, there is a guitar signed by Knopfler, Clapton, Brian May, and Jimmy Page. And there's only one. And some guy has it but he can't tell anybody.
2: That's like, th- that's probably the Mount Rushmore of a- UK guitarists. A- of UK guitarists. That's right? there, right? Is there a UK
0: guitarist that is... I'm trying is- to think who would trump that list. Yeah.
2: Because if you were going to lose one from that list, let's be honest, it would probably be Mark Knopfler. Yes. That right? would- if, mm-hmm. you were gonna, if that was Mount Rushmore and you had to take one down. And no but- offense, because we
0: know there's lots of Dire Straits fans oh, that are gosh, listening no. to this song. I'm but just saying... It- you can't- Clapton May and Jimmy Page are... And that's because they're... Bands and presence yeah. have a little bit more presence. than Yeah, Dyer but I don't
2: know who you would replace him with. Yeah. In, uh, in other words, if you're talking UK guitarists, it's not going to be Pete Townsend. It, you know what I'm saying? It's it, like I, I don't know. It, that's what I'm saying. It may that may be
0: just top of my head mm-hmm. the Mount Rushmore of UK rock guitarists. Yeah. So anyway, there's one out there for if you're listening on the wow. podcast and you want to give us a prize of unspeakable value <laughs> of literal unspeakable value. That's, wow. Yeah, it's a little more than the uh, than the McKay's gift certificate. That's just a little bit more than the law. Allow. All right, we're gonna meet the band of Dire Straits. So dire excited. of Straits. Dire of Straits. Guys. Meet the band Dire Straits. Got to start with Mark Nar- Mark Narpfler. <laughs> Mark <Mar-Nar-Fler. laughs>
2: Sounds like the. It sounds like the like dollar store ripoff, You know, like yeah. <laughs> when you see like I'm always amazed when they sell <laughs> sell CDs at like the dollar store, yeah. and it's like here's Mark Narpfler of Dire of Straits. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Playing playing his hits. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. That's very good. I don't know if these guys are like wildly popular in (laughs) Europe or Italy or whatever, but it's, um, there's, there's, they're singing the English lyrics, but it's like, um, I feel like maybe the, the lead singer, I feel like maybe he's Mark Narpfler. Okay. (laughs) You'll understand what I mean. So this is, this is Italian dire straits version of money for nothing from their album live in Verona. (laughs) point except for the vocals
0: I mean drum count the sound that could be dire straits so far
1: Look at the tell yo-yo, that's the way you do it You play the guitar on the MTV. Daddy working, that's the way you do it Money from my feet and your cheeks rough wheel Now daddy working, that's the way you do it Let me tell you that a gun is in loan That may be killed with On your little finger Maybe get a on your got to
2: okay, so I'm gonna play you another part because I'm gonna play you the guitar solo. But one of the things I love about it is he says the, the pronunciation is just whack, right? Okay, fine. Maybe he's... I mean, literally, he's Italian. and He's trying to sing English lyrics. But then he goes, Custom Go Kitchen Delivery. <laughs> like, I just love it. Uh, okay, I'm going to get us to the guitar solo because you're just going like, to... We're talking about one of the top 50 guitarists uh-huh. in the world you're trying to imitate your I'm going to narkflir my pants. And there is no guitar solo in this song, so they insert one so that he can do what he's about to do. <laughs> Oh man, no debt ain't working. Debt ain't working. I promise. (laughs) Oh man, you know what? Call us snobs or whatever. That was awful, right? I mean, come on. Um, It's like if if you're gonna if you're gonna do, obviously, a well-done tribute band. Everything about them is on point yeah. except for their vocals. And you're going to have a guy play a solo that isn't originally in a song <laughs> and try and put it in the style of one of the greatest guitar players yeah. in the world. Maybe don't let your lead guitar player be a guy who's probably never played a lead before. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, literally, I'll learn this scale on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> and here's my, you know, here's my three phrases that are bad that I'm just going to... Anyway... I'm gonna play it through a Zoom total, yes, total snobs. Yeah, bad tone, <laughs> bad <laughs> phrasing, bad everything. That was just that ain't working.
1: That's why I'm easy. I'm easy like Sunday morning. That's why I'm easy.
2: he went to number 4 on the billboard hot 100 number 1 on the billboard r&b chart which at that time was known as the hot soul singles chart uh which now just kind of sounds like the name a white guy would pitch for like a black singles dating app you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> hot soul singles That's right. it's
0: like just some guy who doesn't it's get like, it like i get back to farmersonly.com
2: <laughs> yeah really man um ew never mind i just went my brain went in a whole a weird place where like a guy who was on farmers only but had no luck but just didn't understand like race relations or how to be appropriate it was just like what do you got in the way of like hot soul singles (laughs) you know like i'm having no luck on farmers only maybe um maybe it's time for me to try the hot soul singles Did you read, before before you, talking about the name change, did you read the story of the name change? No. Okay. Me. If the story is to be believed, and I read this from multiple sources. Okay. Um, their name, the name Commodores, was chosen at random by the opening of a dictionary to the word Commodore. Uh, William King, who uh, we'll talk about, mm-hmm. uh, who did the, basically they threw a uh, dictionary up in the air, and wherever the page landed, he pointed blind, and that oh, was man. Commodore. Um, That's really cool. And so William King, who did the pointing, later told People Magazine, we really lucked out. We almost became the Commodes. <laughs> That's good. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love that.
2: Lionel considered becoming an Episcopal priest. Oh. You, you see n- this? N- uh. He told Esquire Magazine in 2012, I was thinking I might be a priest. Uh, to make a long story short, I joined the Commodores, and one girl screamed from the, from the front row, yeah. sing it, baby! <laughs> Afterward, I called up the ministers and said, I don't think I'm going to be priest material.
0: (laughs) I'm going to give you guys this in honor of Easter. Okay. This is a perfect cover for the week. All right, what you got? Apologetics. No Easter. I'm not going to say it's great. I'm not going to say it's, but we got to play it because it's Easter. Play the chorus just because it's Easter. And it's easy. Oh, my gosh. We've never done an apologetics song on here. Those of y'all that don't know who the apologetics are, me and Rob grew up in the Christian community, and these guys take popular songs. It's not about
1: bunnies or the baskets and the eggs. Ew. And make them Christian.
2: Shoot me now. <laughs> but
1: it's Easter here I, <laughs> I love can't. It. I,
2: love I it. cannot. I love it.
1: Seems the free world, you know, they want all the candy.
2: Oh my <laughs> gosh! But
1: Jesus saves souls from their sorrow. <laughs> but Jesus saved
0: souls from their sorrow.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, Worship man. with me, everyone. Ooh, that's
1: why it see Ugh.
0: Come on! This was too easy for them to do this.
2: Dang it!
1: <laughs> okay, okay,
2: okay, okay. I can't, I can't, I can't. I feel like you know we're doing our best to do a good, clean show here, <laughs> and then we throw that in there. You, that just made me so mad. <laughs> It's so so mad. Like, I'm all about Easter. I'm all about Jesus. I'm all for the resurrection, the second coming. I'm all for all of it. Don't give me that. Don't give me, don't hand me that and tell me
0: this is what Christians do. It would be better to sing easy by the Commodores in church. Yes. And just say, this is for Jesus.
2: (laughs) This is for Jesus. I love it when people sing, I actually don't, but when people sing like secular songs in church and try to like, Pretend like it's about Jesus. Oh man, it's the most hilarious, cringeworthy thing.
0: You, you got to tell one. Do you have one good story? I like,
2: can't think of one offhand. I got. I, I there's got a, there's like a video of uh, of somebody doing. Um, oh goodness, it, I think I feel like it's Alicia Keys. Um, no one, no, no one. one, okay, no one, uh, and doing like the whole thing, and that they, they end up like sort of inappropriately dancing, like they kind of forget what they're trying <laughs> they
0: to pull are. off here. Yeah. The uh, the one that always comes to mind is I was. I was young. I was maybe in junior high or something. And this guy had just gotten saved, and came to church, you know. So he, uh, he's, uh, he's like, I'm gonna do this third day song, and kept messing it up. And he's like, Pfft. and, like, <laughs> and everybody's like, and he's like, you know what? I can't get through that one. I'm gonna do "It's Your Love" by Tim McGraw. <laughs> and he played it saying, "It's Your Love," and everybody that's was great. like, "Yeah, that's, that's great, like, man." A, oh wow! Time. Thanks for trying, everybody. That's awesome.
1: Carry on my wayward side. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more.
0: Hey, while we're talking about the album, too, did you know that the album was almost called Something Else? No. I don't know what it was almost called because I've botched my research portion there, but I did look <laughs> other albums that were almost called something else. Okay. So let me run through some of these real quick. The Beatles' White Album was almost called A Doll's House. Really? Yes. Ew. Abbey Road was almost called Everest. So there's a pretty big story about how yesterday was almost called Scrambled Eggs. I don't know. That's a pretty popular one. I don't know uh, if no, you know I've never that. heard okay. that. Well, that, that's... My favorite sidebar story about this is the way it became Abbey Road. Is the Beatles were planning to to travel to the Himalayas for the photo shoot for the album, and somebody looked out the window and they saw the zebra, as it's called, you know, right there, and they're like, "Wow, this is much closer. Let's let's do it there." And so it became Abbey Road. Wow. Because they looked at and So that was, I thought that was a pretty good one. Jeez. But
2: those are my two Beatles ones. They just looked out, oh, look, there's a stripes on the street. Let's do that instead of Let's Mount do that. Everest. Paul,
0: take off your shoes yeah. and game on. Interesting. So, wow. Uh, yeah. Nirvana's Nevermind album was almost called Sheep. The Beach Boys <laughs> Pet Sounds album was almost called The Fabulous Beach Boys. Uh-huh. Michael Jackson Thriller was almost called Starlight. Ew. But my favorite one ever. Green Day Dookie Uh was almost called Liquid Dookie. (laughs) they thought it was too gross. So they're like, yeah, I don't think we could do Liquid Dookie. Gross. Yeah, so there you go. Liquid Dookie. Where do you you go from there, Rob? Take it. Back to you, Rob. I mean, I don't even
1: know. (laughs)
2: You might as well do it because once you said it, I'm sure everybody went, what now? Uh, Why don't we listen to the Oak Ridge Boys cover for as long as we can stomach it? (laughs) Um... (laughs) And let's let's try and I don't know see what you think about this. Maybe I'm wrong about this because when I saw this, I was kind of excited. I thought actually that makes pretty good sense. Um, but uh, and I read a little bit up on it because uh, I wanted to know why this happened. Right? Um, it was it's on an album called "When Pigs Fly." Songs you thought you'd never hear, and <clears throat> the original idea was for them to actually do Closer by Nine Inch Nails. That's what the guy who was what? putting the album together, okay. but they were, you know, they're, they're all uh, born-again Christians, mm-hmm. and they were uncomfortable. They wouldn't, they wouldn't, do, they wouldn't do that song. Um, so uh, even when they, they tried to, like, change the lyrics a little bit to make it a little softer, and they're still like, nah, no, 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 let's find something else. Oh, that so, Carrie guy's a Christian. Let's <clears throat> cover him. Right. So they're like, let's do Carry On, Wayward Son, which I, I thought, okay, that has great potential, potential right? <laughs> but it fails.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Gaither Vocal Band. <laughs> Is that Guy Penrod or yeah. a guy from the Oak Ridge yeah, Boys? Exactly. Or, or Gandalf. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Carry on my way, nope. <laughs> son. There'll be peace when you are done. <laughs> Kill me now. <laughs>
2: Just no. no. Maybe maybe 35 years ago when they were in their prime, they could have pulled it off. No, I don't uh, know. But they're, that is so vanilla.
0: Oh, like, my gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, Boy. that's family Christmas gathering around. Let's <laughs> sing Carry On Wayward Son with oh, man. Uncle Jed right. on lead vocals. On, on Grandma's
2: home organ. Oh, I know, right? You know what Bring I mean? out like,
0: the spoons! <laughs> okay.
2: I'm not necessarily the—although, whatever. I've seen Lord of the Rings—
0: you know all that stuff a gajillion times. So I bet you a dollar and fifty cents that Carrie Livgren has memorized the oh, Lord of the Rings. Man,
2: absolutely.
0: He probably he's, dresses up like
2: he's in yes, that full garb.
0: Seriously, he's got the haircut for it already. Uh-huh. Like he's
2: kind of got that Renaissance fair
0: vibe going uh-huh. on. You know, I guarantee you, he's you know re- he's got a cane and a stick, like a big long walking stick. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, just the just the stick, not it's, not even the bent cane, Not just the curled one. The yeah, just a long staff. He there carries you go. around a
0: staff with a jewel in it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely, he's like he he probably fake parts the Red Sea all the time. (laughs) He just walks outside and slams his stick in the ground. Oh,
1: Seanad,
0: pass! Nailed it! Nailed it, Rob. Well done. Good Uh, grief. Anyway,
2: (laughs) I don't even know where we are right now. Uh, Okay. Oh man, I can't wait because I I asked you if you had seen anything about this, uh, and you haven't. So that means this is going to be a surprise to you. Uh, I want to play you a song. Because um, there's a little bit of controversy on um, on this riff. Okay, I'm going to okay. play you. I'm going to play you the the riff uh, from Kansas. Kansas okay? riff. So okay. you can have it. And so I know you know the riff, but I want to make sure the listeners know what riff. I'm So talking which what we're talking about? Okay. So uh, here's a little bit of "Carry On Wayward Son," and I'm going to play you a specific riff from it. And then I'm going to play you a riff that I don't know how else to say it. That riff is a rip off of.
0: So which one came first? The Kansas one came first? The
2: other one came first. Oh man, okay. It's a Journey riff. What? And I've never heard about this, and apparently it must not be a big deal, but it's definitely it is definitely 100% actually like 98%. There's like two notes different in it. Oh, but man. it is a direct, I'm a Journey fan
0: and I don't even know what you Direct you're
2: talking descendant about. of a pre-Steve Perry journey riff oh, from For, 1976 like, or uh i'll find the album, find the album real yeah. quick while you look so up. okay so here's uh here's carry on wayward son and i'll play you the riff like, so that's the that's the kansas riff uh, let me play you. This is Look Into the Future from Journey's 1975. I actually saw it January 1976 online. So one of those okay. uh, from the record, Look Into the Future. What's um, the album called? It, it, the album is called Look Into the Future. The I song think. is called I'm Gonna Leave You. Okay. okay. And see how this riff strikes you. <sighs>
0: That's Kansas. Wow. Are you kidding me? Are you serious? How have I never heard that? How has right? that not been a debate? Yes. How was that not Why a debate? Sh- Why is Neil-, Neil Sean loves himself? That's- Why is he not saying, I'm so confused right now? Exactly. Did he forget? Did he I- forget that he wrote that? <laughs> I, like,
2: I'm shocked that there's not a famous lawsuit over this riff. I am Beyond shocked. I don't know if they're like bros or something and they were just like, ah, it's fine. Or if there's some like secret thing where they like wrote it together, but they don't talk about it.
0: You know what I'm saying? You let us have the one name band. Yeah. We won't say anything. We'll each be one name band.
2: I don't know. It's it's, right. It's like, was there some secret handshake that he said, you know what? You can use this and I'll never, I'll never say anything about it because you kept me out of this trouble. You know what I'm saying? Like, is he, is Carrie Livgren covering up a murder for Neil
0: Sean? He's like, loan me the ring for a weekend (laughs) and you can have the riff.
2: Just that's one my, weekend dude, of,
0: with the ring.
2: That's my favorite joke of the season. <laughs> that is my favorite joke of the season. Like, bro, I just need to be invisible for one for weekend.
1: One weekend. <laughs> Give me the ring.
0: <laughs> On bass, Dave Hope. Also played in a Christian band with Carrie Livgren um, and guest vocalist Ronnie James Dio. You know Dio? Yeah. How please play just a little bit of Holy Diver. Wow. So you can hear who we're talking about. Holy Diver probably won't ever make great song podcasts, but I dig Holy Diver by <laughs> Dio. I don't care where you play it. First verse I got
1: it. Holy Diver. <laughs> Ride the tiger!
0: <laughs> Dude, I love this song. Never been a Dio fan. I, I, me either, but I love this song.
2: So Dio was... Ronnie James Dio, he replaced... Um, did he replace Ozzy in Black Sabbath? I think so. Is that the Dio? Maybe, I don't and then know. Dio came after that? Mm-hmm. I don't even remember
0: this intro. It's probably the album version. Extended version, yeah. yeah
2: that- Sounds like one of those sound effects albums you play at Halloween.
0: Ah, you know? yeah.
2: <laughs> it's the evil money for nothing.
0: I want oh, my... Oh, I oh, want oh. my James D.
1: Wow, so long, they're really dude, milking really, it Come
2: on This is all getting cut
0: That was sudden Yeah, not a very good fade dude
1: <laughs> Punch! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Never realized how out in front of the mix his vocals
2: were Yeah, but-
0: so dry Don't hear this
1: line. Ride the tiger. <laughs>
2: you can see his stripes, but you know he's
0: clean. You can see his stripes, but you know he's clean. <laughs> ride that tiger, ride the tiger. <laughs> Roddy wow. James
2: Dio, anyway. Him and theme song, uh, theme song of uh, Prince Adam from Masters of the Universe, right? The Battle Cat. You remember Battle Cat I from don't. Masters Really? He's I big, like know. green tiger
0: looking. I know thing. what you're talking about. And but I, He rode anyway. He rode the tiger. Um, he's actually a retired Anglican priest. And he has a pretty extensive commentary on the Gospel of Luke. This is not Ronnie James Dio. No, 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 no. Dave Hope. The We're bass back player. to Dave We're Hope. We're back okay. to the guy from the actual band, right. Kansas. So, and that actually wraps up the Meet the Band section on uh, Kansas. Outstanding. So, there you go. Glad
2: to have met you, Kansas. That's right. <laughs> Thanks for stopping and by. And Ronnie James Dio. And Ronnie we just James threw Dio.
0: in there. right the Tiger. There you go. Yeah. Ronnie James, thank you for stopping by. Wow.
2: Isn't he, if I'm remembering correctly, he's like. The
0: baldest rock lead singer.
1: Is, <laughs> it, I, is, is that right? Like, a
0: little bit. He's no Michael Bolton with like the bald and long hair. Yeah, but, he's got the,
2: but he had like kind of a, 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 a skullit,
1: right? A no, no hair on top. Oh my gosh, with the, you just
0: said two things that are amazing that I've never heard of. A portmanteau, right? Sort of? Yeah, a, it's skull, a portmanteau, a, a skull oh, I'm, I'm applauding. Yeah. That was, yes. That? Well done.
2: Scullet. So, yeah. Him and I think he and uh, maybe the guy from. Um, Quiet riot, maybe okay. battle it out for most bald, like hard rock lead singers, uh-huh. you
0: know. In their prom. Like everybody's getting bald now. Sure. Yeah, but, everybody's bald. But like, he started bald. Like, yeah. <laughs> they were like, Yeah.
2: I'm sure at some point he had hair, but ever since all the pictures that I've ever seen of uh-huh. Ronnie James Dio just just real shiny on top with the long curly black it's hair. are being on out
0: in the sun riding that tiger all day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's true, man. That'll get you. But yeah, you, know, you can see his stripes, but you know he's clean. <laughs> So That's good. What? It's important. It's important to know your tiger's clean before you hop oh, on board, man. you know? Anyway. Don't want to get those, don't want those stripes rubbing off on your legs, <laughs> I, you know?
1: I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call it. Wish I had a rabbit in a hat with a bat. <laughs> uh,
2: we talked a few weeks ago about Rolling Stone calling 1984 Pop's greatest year. We mentioned that in the uh, Cindy Lauper episode. Um could that be said about hip hop in 1996? Could that could 1996 be, be the greatest year hip hop's okay. greatest year? I'm going to play a little bit of each of these nominees and just sit back and see how many feels you catch over the next couple minutes, okay? These are the uh, 1996 Best Rap Solo Performance Grammys. First of all, we've already caught feels from Skilo, Immediate Feels, right? Then you've got Tupac with the song Dear Mama. This will give it to you right away. Happy
0: Mother's Day.
1: You all appreciate. Come on. When I was young, me and my mama had beef. 17 years old, kicked out on the streets. Yeah. Go back at the time, I never thought I'd see a face. Ain't a woman alive that could, could take my mama's place. Suspended from school. Right. To go home. Absolutely.
2: Okay. So, uh, and then we move on to the next nominee. You are appreciated. Come on. You are appreciated. You got, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even, I'm not even going to say what the next nominee <laughs> is. I'm just going to play it. Come oh, on! Shut up! Come on! Goodness oh, yeah. gracious. Oh, yeah.
1: 1996. What the up? year. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, liked it. I liked it. Yeah. My Yeah. yeah. No, to all the ladies in the place with styling. Come on. To lace these lyrical dishes in your bushes. Uh. Who rock grooves and make moves with all the mommies. The, the back, back of the club. club sipping my witness where you find me. What? The back of the club macking my crew's behind me. Uh. Mad question asking Asin, music blasting but i just can't quit because one of these got to creep with sleep with, keep the
0: secret yes i did just pour one out for my homie i'm sorry guys <laughs> i had to i got
1: more in the bed Believe me sweetie i got enough to feed this mac
2: beat flavor in your ear came out in 96 and it did not get nominated like it's legendary and it didn't even make the slip that's how big 96 was for hip hop let's let's hit the chorus Come on,
1: I love it when you call me big pop. Get your hands up. Throw your hands in the air if you's a true player. I love it when you call me big pop. the homies get your money play it, fellas like dummies. Uh.
0: Okay, so come my on. favorite word in that whole thing is use. Come use, on, use a true player. Use, use, if
2: use a true player. Uh, every time I hear that now, I think of the... You remember the SNL uh, sketch where um, David Spade is standing out in the cold. He's a news anchor, and he's waiting on... like They're throwing the shot to him, and he doesn't know it. And so he's, <laughs> oh, he's, he's sitting fantastic. in the snow, and he's accusing, I love the when you call me big. <laughs> he's just like going to himself. I love it so much. Uh, okay, this one, I I don't know. I've always felt like maybe I was a bigger fan of this song than uh, the world other people <laughs> yeah but it's nominated for best rap okay. solo performance so maybe not okay but I feel like of um, of his but this is probably my favorite song that okay. like I shouldn't listen to okay <laughs> uh, from the Friday soundtrack okay this is keep their heads ringing by the one and only DRE <laughs> <laughs> yeah what up this is Dr. Dre the party's going on this goes so hard thank god it's Friday
1: Come on, keep the hands ringing Ring, ring dong, ring-a-ding-ding-ding-dong ring, oh, Yeah, it's ringing Ring, ring dong, ring-a-ding-ding-ding-dong Hey, you sitting over there You better get up out of your chair That's right <laughs> And work your body down No time to funk around Cause we don't Right on up, so get up, get a move on, and get your groove on. It's the DRE, the spectacular, in a party, I go for your neck, so call me Blackula.
0: If your neck dude, and shoulders haven't been moving uh, for the past 12 minutes. Oh my word. Get off our podcast. Seriously. I mean, that... No, still, still keep listening. That
2: <laughs> that hits so hard. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the hardest hitting rap song I think that I know of. Like, it's just something about it. Oh my gosh. And then, of course, uh you have... Your winner. I mean, come on, nineteen ninety six. Let's
1: go. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I take a look at my life And realize there's nothing left. Cause I've been blasting and laughing So now I'm next Even mama, mama,
0: mama that reference that That's yeah, true, 96, good year for rap mamas and
1: <laughs> Me be treated like a punk You, you know that's a hurdle You better watch how you're talking And where you're looking Or oh, you oh, and your, your homies, homies might be lying, lying in chalk <laughs> Oh man,
2: come on I mean I just want to say, I'm going to submit. Find me a better year. That's good. At least, at least based on best rap solo performance Grammy nominees. Okay, find me a better year than '96. I defy you. I defy you. Okay, Um, man. In the pistol (laughs) smoke. Fool. In the pistol. Fool. Come on. Great. There are all these references, the 64 Chevy Impala has long been iconic in the West Coast hip hop community, and which was the, like we said, sort of the seat of of the gangster rap, you know, the West Coast, anyway, part of it. Um, And so uh, it's of course been referenced in this song and many others as well as being seen in... Like scads of hip hop videos, I never knew why. I just assumed it was kind of a culture thing, and that was that. Um, but with its connection to the song, I did a little research into how the six four, the six foe, if you will, okay. if you will, uh, became so tied to hip hop culture. And I found a fascinating explanation. You want to hear this? Yes, please. Roll it. Most of this I'm going to give you comes from an article of all places from the Global Policy Journal called a Four: an end, to emot- uh, an end to Automotive Apartheid." Okay, quite wow. a lofty, quite a lofty the the short version goes like this okay Chevy introduced an all-new Impala model in 1965 with a totally new body style. It had nothing in common with the 64. So the 64 was the last of its kind. They announced it really early on in the 1964 model year and sales of the 64 model suffered because buyers were looking forward to the new model model instead. Okay, There was one Chevy dealership in South Los Angeles at the time and it was notorious in the black community which was exploding in population for its policy of not allowing black customers to take test drives okay oh fast forward to july of 1964. Chevy sends a bunch of 64 Impalas out for a big sales event over Independence Day weekend, hoping to unload them before the new models took over, and they were stuck with a bunch of old models. I'm going to quote the article here directly. This meant the first 1964 Impala destined for the event happened to, purely by coincidence, reach the South Los Angeles Chevrolet dealership the same day the Civil Rights Act was signed. Holy into law. cow! What in the world? <clears throat> so that car, Riverside Red with a cream interior, was driven by its first owner, the black proprietor of a series of modest retail shops in Vermont Square from Alameda through South Park and Florence. Since then, it has been owned by a string of hip-hop artists and is probably one of the most photographed Impalas in the world. That's awesome. Long story short, the car became a symbol of urban black financial independence, freedom, and masculinity and started appearing in pop culture as early as the mid-60s, signifying such. Quoting directly again here from the article, the concept of a full-size car from Chevrolet as a first step toward equality may strike readers, particularly in Europe, as a bizarre and obscure piece of symbolism. But the uh, but the ability for a black customer to not only enjoy, but to purchase an experience available only to white customers a few years earlier was at the time revolutionary and served as a tangible and conspicuous demonstration of a new degree of social and financial freedom. And every music video Showing a 6'4, whether it's slammed on bags or murdered out <laughs> or squatted classy on Dayton's, is in some way a reenactment of that one car parade rolling southbound from Alameda during the summer. Yeah, that's of awesome. I got the chills right
1: there.
0: Isn't that, that's, I mean, man, if your arm hair is not sticking up, goodness dude, gracious, go play Dear Mama again. Yeah, and yeah. Man, that's awesome. Isn't that like, that's, that's so good. really something that's really that good. makes me now,
2: like, now every time I see one of those, I have something to smile about. Yeah. It's not just a cultural thing that I don't get
0: anymore. Who's your starting five fictitional, fictional? Yeah. Fictitional, fictional. Fictional? Fictional. Fictitious? Fictitious. Yeah. Fake. Yes. Um, NBA, or you're not, you're you're starting five from movies basketball. and TV, from yeah. basketball and TV. And now, are we saying, like, you can't pick Michael Jordan from Space Jam Correct, because he was
2: playing Michael Jordan? I was going to
0: ask the rules on that, too. Can you still pick, like, Jesus Shuttlesworth, who was Ray Allen, but he was an NBA player, and, yes. like, Penny and Shaq? Yes. Can you pick them from Absolutely, Blue Chips? Yes. Okay. Because they were know. playing characters. Neon and Butch, they, okay. Right. Okay, I didn't know if they would be allowed, so I figured my five around that. Yeah, I have a couple of extras. I do too, in case we pick the same player. So we'll go alternating fashion, just like a typical draft. We'll go one by one. You want to start? Sure. Yeah, yeah, I'll go first. Okay. First
2: thought, I went straight to Neon Budo Okay. Shaquille O'Neal good. from Blue, Blue Chips. Chips right? That's good, man. But by the way, underrated basketball movie. I Absolutely.
0: Think. Nick Nolte. Nick
2: Nolte. Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway
0: and Shaq. got some, some
2: language. It was so. great because all the basketball was real. Yeah. Like it was really authentic. You know, uh-huh. it was college basketball players. Yep. So it was yeah, really solid. That's so good. Neon Boudreau, my number one pick.
0: Okay. In keeping with the Woody Harrelson theme, I want to start by picking a Woody Harrelson character. Okay. So I'm gonna go Billy Hoyle from White Minky. <laughs> Can't jump. Not Sidney Deed, who is Wesley Snipes. I was torn between him and Monix from Semi-Pro. That's the other Woody Harrelson basketball character. But I'm going to go Billy Hoyle because I think you need a little street life, a little hustle on your team. So he's my hustler. So i go Billy Hoyle, number one pick. All right. Uh, My
2: next pick... Could have been my number one, but okay. I wanted the big man in there first. Uh, my next pick is Scott Howard from Teen Wolf.
0: Okay. Oh, man. I had him down. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Take him. So Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox turn, turns
2: into a basketball playing wolf uh, in one of my That's favorite so
0: 80s movies of all time. That's so good. So good. My second one was Shep from yeah. Above the Rim. Oh, uh, yeah. I had him too. Okay, cool. Yes. I, if those of y'all that haven't seen Above the Rim, it's got Regulator in yeah. it, which is awesome. Tupac's in it as Birdie. Leon Robinson, y'all will know him from Cool. Runnings, yep. and he's also in a Madonna video, yeah, like a prayer. Right. So, there you go, you can tie it in musically. So, in the, I just, just want to favorite. say this
2: because, because you might be tempted to choose a different character from brother like Birdie, yep. or somebody like that. But in the biggest moment in the movie, right, where it's basically life or death, Shep goes 10 for 10 from three
0: in jeans, in, jeans, in freaking in like, jeans, <laughs> in
2: corduroy jeans, Dude, right? Like, yes, come on, oh, that's so good. I love that's that monster. Movie. Okay. okay, so I'll tell, okay, so you take Shep, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna go with Fletch,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Chase. Yeah, Chase. Awesome. Okay. In his Lakers jersey. Yeah,
2: in his Lakers jersey. Oh, in his awesome. dream, right? I mean, think, you might, not, uh, you know, okay. That's Kareem, great. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said, I don't know what we'd do without him. Right? He's on the Showtime yeah. Lakers. Yeah. Magic,
0: Kareem, Worthy. worthy. And, and they said, we
2: don't know what we would do that's without Fletch. Great. Dude had to be good.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I like that. Um, my number three, I'm going to go. This is probably popular. Hoosiers. I'm going to go Jimmy Chitwood. Jimmy, okay. Okay. Uh, his name's Morris Volanis. Interesting fact, the scene of him shooting there with Gene Hackman, there's a scene where he's like hitting all these shots. It's like tons in a row and he doesn't miss. That was done in one take. He's like, I'm just going to focus on shooting. You just talk. I'm not going to listen to anything you say. Wow. He didn't even know what the dialogue was. He's like, I'm just going to sit out here and shoot. Yeah. Didn't miss. Jeez. So that's money. And that's then it goes so cool. a step further. So the end shot, I'm, here's a spoiler alert those that haven't seen Hoosiers, yeah. this kid hits a shot at the end to win. Well, they've got a gym packed full of people and they're like, we're going to do. One shot, whether he misses it or makes it, you gotta storm the court because if we have everybody storm the court, it'll take forever to get yeah. everybody back in their seats. He's like, and then we'll just edit it in, yeah,'re like, so you got one shot and he's like. Luckily I made it. Wow. So he drains it. He didn't have to do it. the cutaway. That is money. Oh, no cutaways. So give me Jimmy Chitwood. Dang, he
2: was clutch. Jimmy like, Chitwood real is life. M- real life that clutch. dude was clutch. Okay. There's also a thing uh, of uh, of I didn't pick this one, but of Tom Cruise when he's yeah, playing cocktail. basketball in cocktail yeah. and he's just draining shots like that was real. Yeah. He was just I didn't even know he was Tom just Tom money was that a day. Uh, yeah, who knew? Uh okay, so I will take then my next one. Uh give me Uncle Drew.
1: Okay, Give me Uncle, Uncle Drew. Drew. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen any
0: of those movies. I need to go watch yeah, it. Yeah, I've seen the commercials. haven't seen the movie. Okay. Give me Uncle Drew. That's good. Number four, I'm going to go Steve Urkel, <laughs> Jaleel White. So there's this classic scene in Family Matters where they they have a team of five. Don't ask me why you have a team of five and mm. you form a, a high school team. Yeah. One of their five gets injured. So they're like, we're going to have to forfeit the game. And Urkel's <laughs> like, put me in, coach. I can play. And it's whole anything is possible thing. Oh, man. So oh, full, full disclosure. I was like looking this up I watched that whole episode I wasted 27 (laughs) minutes of my life because it's so good oh Oh, man man. he was like the the forerunner of Kevin Garnett right anything is possible yeah anything is possible and then he's like Laura the the cheerleader's like anything is possible, Steve you're right. And he's like, Will you marry me? And she's like, Accept that.
2: <laughs> so there you <laughs> is go. Is
0: that the one that's
2: not the one where she's she gets on the cheerleading yes. squad and she's do a, ya, do yeah, ya? Yeah, Do ya,
1: do ya. You got your me. You wow. got your, Yeah. That's now it. Now hush. You, you don't, don't want, want none of us. us. Oh, my oh yeah,
0: there you go. We just Woo. got straight Laura Winslow up in Boy. here. Boy. That was awesome. Y'all didn't know that we were... <laughs> we <laughs> rolled, deep with, we rolled deep with Family Matters. Family Matters. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's my four. Okay, who's your fifth? Uh, you got a fifth all right, Yeah,
2: my fifth... Uh, all right. If I can't have Shep, if my fit, I'm going to take the Monstars from Space Jam. Okay. Give me the go. Monstars. That's, that's, that's my – I've true. got Shaq in the middle. He's going to score points. Uh-huh. I'm going to let him score on the inside, and then I'm going to take the Monstars for enforcement. Okay. They're going to be you my Bill You have Lambert. taken Lola
0: Bunny? She had the second most points. Uh, maybe so. Uh, I don't know. Maybe so. Even – uh, I just need – I want some toughness. Even Jordan said they didn't use her enough in that. Uh, <laughs> I, well, my number five then, I guess if we're keeping with that kind of theme, um, I'm going to go Air Bud. <laughs> You gotta, even though he's just playing 12-year-olds, man, man. you got to have an animal on your team. <laughs> Give me Air Bud.
2: That's right. To so wrap it up. He would, go, he would go one-on-one with Scott Howard from Team. <laughs> That's right. They That's would, who they match like, up against. Man-to-man coverage man to match.
0: So we got Shep against Shaq, or Shep against Neon. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know whose team would win, but darn it, we would have a lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun to watch. coach That's both true. of those teams. That's all Yeah, awesome. exactly. Good job.
1: If you would be my bodyguard, I can be online. I can call you Betty. Betty, when you call me, you can call me out.
0: Paul Simon, Paul Simon, man. He's uh, he's a legend. He's I mean, the around, guy's a legend. He's been around. You got to respect the guy yep. can write a freaking song. He can write. You know what I mean? With the help of others apparently.
2: I mean, <laughs> come on
0: now. I just, you know,
2: he's like the um no, he's not like this, but it's funny to think of him as the what's the guy from the
0: second Harry Potter story? I don't know. I've never seen a Harry Potter. What? I've seen one where they play, they ride around on the broom and play that Quidditch game. <laughs> I know nothing about Harry Potter. All you Harry Potter lovers out there are like, what a disgrace. I've I've only seen one. Is it Goblet of Fire? Is that the one where they do that. so disappointed in you. Sorry,
2: guys. I was just getting it. I've seen the one where they're riding on the brooms, you know?
1: (laughs) I saw that Harry
0: Potter with the magic. You know that one. (laughs) Expelliarmus. That's all I know. Wow. Okay. That's That's pretty impressive that that. you even know that. I remembered that one.
2: This is just, this is crazy. Okay. This is the degree of. Uh, controversy that came with Paul Simon's recording in South Africa, using South African musicians, and and also bringing them to the United States and London to to do work. Um, a militant liberation group in South Africa had a a, a literal kill list, like a kill on sight oh wow list and paul simon was on it holy cow he got added to it for for breaking the cultural boycott okay so not only not only is he Man. catching heat from
0: like people on he's catching heat from both sides mm-hmm. of the boycott okay yep. because um everybody hates paul simon like right. the government hates paul simon and the people people right. hate paul simon because
2: they're saying you're making this worse for us by hiring these people, you're making this worse for everybody else, right? Like you think you're doing a good thing for them, but you're actually making it more difficult for the rest of us mm-hmm. right now. Okay, so this so this militant liberation group has a kill list and put Paul Simon on it. Um, he was removed from it at the behest of you want to guess? You just any just anybody take three guesses of a, another musician.
0: Uh, okay. So we're thinking cultural impact. You'll never guess. Uh, but I just want to hear you talk. Kenny try. G. Okay.
2: That's actually not so far apart. Keep going. Barry Manilow. Okay. Keep going. One more. Barbara Streisand. All right. So I feel like Kenny G is not super far away from Stevie Van Zant.
0: Oh, well, there you go. Bruce
2: Springsteen's yeah, guitarist guitar in the E Street Band. Man, we're going to do okay. a Bruce
0: Springsteen episode, and we'll talk about Stevie Van Zant.
2: Uh, Stevie Van Zant has- do-rag. Yes. Coolest do-rag in rock, probably. Yeah, I'm going right? to go have to I think-
0: uh, like Joe Walsh had a do rag year,
2: did he? Oh yeah, yeah. okay. No, nah, I'm giving it to Steve. Still gotta though. go, Steve. Coolest do rag in music history's got to be probably Tupac,
0: I think. Right? Probably. Is there anybody yeah did it cooler way, than yeah, Tupac? I mean, Jimi Hendrix kind of. It wasn't a okay. do rag thing. Yeah, it was like a, a handkerchief
2: scarf. With the scarf, yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway. Okay. Anyway, we'll
0: just okay on the Springsteen note. Make a note. Headgear. <laughs> okay, yeah. We'll do a headgear. <laughs>
2: Yes, okay. Uh okay, so Stevie Van Zandt had long been an advocate for the end of apartheid and had made music with other artists uh Bono um comes to mind, etc.
0: Um That dec- should have been my guess. Come on.
1: Bon- yeah, that should course, have been my guess. Yeah, of course. Absolutely should
2: have. Uh dec- um and he'd made music with them decrying the use of a resort called Sun City uh, that would allow white artists to come play in South Africa under iffy, like, boycott-undermining circumstances. They were like, eh, we'll massage the, you know a little bit. Um, and so though Stevie had his own differences with Paul Simon and still does for his breach of the boycott, as well as his close friendship and defense of Linda Ronstadt, who appears on this album, who had taken a cool half a million dollars to perform at Sun City, um, he talked the militant group out of killing Paul Simon wow. on site. But even years later, this is how serious it was, even years later, after Nelson Mandela had been freed, apartheid officially ended, all that stuff, uh, The they had a, a celebratory concert in Johannesburg. Paul Simon was invited to, uh, and the militant group fired three grenades into the office of Paul Simon's promoter. Oh, my goodness. How about that?
0: Holy cow. So,
2: like, they were like, we're not going to kill you, but you're still going to know how we feel. Goodness gracious. Yeah.
0: I heard he worked on this song since 1983. Did you see that? That's what Tracy Gunn said. Yeah. yeah Tracy uh, Gunn would say he would give him a hard time because he would always sit down and play it. And he's yeah. like, Man, finish that song.
2: Yes. So okay, on that, I'm so glad you said that, because there there is a piano version, piano only version indeed, from nineteen eighty six. Okay. That is included in the Appetite for Destruction thirtieth anniversary super deluxe edition. It's only um, piano? Yeah, it's, it's just piano, yeah. Because I
0: know he demoed an eighteen minute version of that song yeah. before with the Nazareth guitar player. Or Manny Carlton, yeah. or whatever that guy was. Um, yeah.
2: So, but uh, listen to this. Uh, it's it it kind of exposes the fact that, uh, and I'll I'll just say this that with uh, that the opening piano really isn't all that much to listen to without the strings behind it supporting it and kind of covering its weaknesses. Okay, okay? Um, it, it like It's fine, but it just kind of does sound like the kind of thing that a guy who knows one thing on the piano would sit, sit down, down and play, it. play every time he sees back. the piano. Okay. Everybody knows that guy. You know uh-huh. what I'm talking about? Absolutely. They, they know one riff. They sit down and play Home Sweet Home by Motley Crue every time they uh-huh. find a piano. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's kind of the level uh, I feel like that this opening riff is on without the strings behind it, giving it some added... Some thickness? uh, Yeah, some added um, gravitas, right? Okay, so take a listen here. This is the November Rain piano version.
0: Also in C, not B. I think he plays it tuned down. Piano's out of tune. like he learned heart and soul and they're like take these chords and put them
2: that's the one that gets me anyway I'm not like I'm not knocking it God bless the guy for it he made a bajillion dollars in one of the coolest songs in history but uh you know, we, it uh, the strings really help. Is all I'm saying. The strings really help that to feel like kind of more than it really is.
0: That to me sounded like if you just said, "I'm going to play you this," I'd be like, "Oh, that's neat." Some eight year olds learning to play November Rain. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cute. That's awesome. He'll get it one day. <laughs> He'll get it one day. Oh, that's so accurate. That's <laughs> a deadly accurate. In this case. The minor part is the angry part and like the intense part, and the major part is the somber or not somber, uh, more chill to me. Yeah,
2: right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the major part is the. Um, I, I don't know if there's supposed to be a change in mood, mood. lyrically. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But um, it's the same kind of. You know, they do this really well also on uh, "Sweet Child of Mine." Uh-huh. It's major, right? Uh-huh. It's
1: da-da-da, da-da-da,
2: right, and then they hand in it. They hit they hit the end and it's where do we go now? You know it's got it's really intense. Yeah, so they're pretty good at this like mood change. That's good. Um, so they're a is, moody band. They are a moody band. They're probably uh, that's probably just Axel. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. That feels like maybe the way Axel's living his life. Yeah,
0: he would start the song crying and then he's angry then and he's yelling, like, "Let's fight!" And then you know he's know? like, <laughs> "Hey, bud, how you doing?" He's <laughs> yeah. like, "You just punched me in the nose. Yeah. What are you talking about?"
2: <laughs> exactly. As you know, he's handcuffed in a being driven away in a cop car. I love you. I know. <laughs> You know, like, whatever. We can still find a way! (laughs) All right. Slash is not one of my favorite guitarists. I feel like, I don't feel like he has a distinct style that sets him apart from other guitarists. I kind of put him in that class of, like, he's the best guitarist you could possibly ask for in your band. Okay. You know what I'm saying? In town. Like, you can find him. Just, period. Like, he's the best guitarist that you could find. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But he's not
0: an innovator. Okay. He's not a legend, you know what I'm he's saying? He's a guitar soloist in a band. He's not like I see what you're saying, like not you don't go to see Slash. Yeah. Like as the as the creator of something. You go to see the band and then Slash plays the guitar soloist. Yeah. Fellows.
2: Like he, don't get me wrong. He's great. I'm saying he's great. He's the best guitarist that you could ask for. But there are just guys out there who are A a notch beyond that, who really carve out their own space sonically, or um, you know, uh, with with some sort of originality or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm walking a a really fine line. But like he he, it's not like Slash doesn't have his own style. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? He plays hard rock guitar, and Mm -hmm. that's and that's what he does. He's written some great riffs. You know what I'm saying? And he's got some really tasteful. Uh, solo parts and some really just freaking rock and roll solo parts, but his playing is not something that sets him apart. You know what I'm saying? If you just if you just um, I, I don't really know how to say this, but if you if you if you heard uh, some of his solos and stuff like that, just kind of out of context, right? Just a guy playing, you go, man, that guy's a good guitar player. If you heard, let's say Eddie Van Halen, just because he's the first person that comes on my mind, you go, that's Eddie Van Halen. You know what I'm saying? Satch. Certain sounds things, like Satch. Yeah, Satch, exactly. Like, they just do certain things that you go immediately. Edge. Sounds like the edge. Yes, so, yes. I, so, like, you could hear Slash out of context and not know it was him. Mm-hmm. You would just go, man, that guy's a really good guitar That player. makes
0: sense. i see what you're saying. Podcast.
2: And there we have it, kids. The best of season three. That's the best we got. That's it. That's it. If you didn't like some of that, then I don't really know what to tell you. But if you enjoyed it then stick around. We'll see you again in season four. Sooner than you know it, we'll be back in your ear holes with some uh, great song podcast goodness. We've got a lot of good stuff planned. we got a lot of good stuff in the works, and uh, we can't wait to get it to you. So in the meantime... Stick with us online at Pod on Twitter, Facebook.com slash groups slash GreatSongPod. That'll get you into the, uh, the secret group, the hidden group, where all the secret things go on. And, uh, and we'll, we'll have a lot of fun with you there as well. And as always, check out the archives. You can buy some merch. Everything you need to know is at GreatSongPodcast.com. On behalf of the one and only JPJDJE Mosier, uh, who is doing fantastic. I'll see you next time. I'm Rob. Peace out. Go listen to some music. Go listen to some music.
1: Go some to some more